0: Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever the case may be on this rotating globe, welcome to another edition of The Other Side of Midnight, that magical time between dusk and dawn when we tackle all kinds of things that used to not be part of the mainstream. And in case you haven't noticed lately, what we cover on this show and on the other side of the news, which is on Friday night, you want to check your local listings for when, um, we are now seeing 24-7. We are in, well, we're no longer in Kansas, Darcy. I think we can say that. A lot of things are uh, happening now that have never happened before. In fact, it's become kind of a mantra of mainstream uh, anchors and producers and correspondence that they keep looking into the camera and saying well this is unprecedented this never happened before and uh, that's actually part of the model we're going to be talking at very significant lengths about all this tomorrow night and drilling down in depth because one might ask the question where did the timeline go wrong and i have my ideas and my data and our. guest tomorrow night, which is uh, Danny Sheehan and uh, Barbara Honiger and Georgia Lambert. They have theirs. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation as we discuss out of the box ideas for where we went wrong. And as I said, I have my very specific ideas backed up by some very unusual data. So uh, that's going to be tomorrow night. Now, tonight, we're going to be dealing with something rather extraordinary on the planet Mars. As you know, the Chinese landed there several months ago. And uh, what initially looked to be a kind of a boring, boring area covered by nothing but black basalt and bright um, kind of pinkish sand dunes turns out to be far more interesting. Oh my God, is it far more interesting? And the most interesting part of it, well, let me not get ahead of my story. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with some news items at the top here. So I, what I want you to do, if you're new to the show, you want to go to the other side of midnight.com. You want to click on tonight's banner, which says rather prominently, <clears throat> China lands right next to stunning Martian ruins, then runs like hell. Why? So you click on that banner that takes you to tonight's guest page. Right under the guest page, you'll see uh, fast links to items. Click on mine, and that will take you to my items. Obviously, we're leading the news tonight with La Palma, which is this volcano, which is located on uh, one of the Canary Islands just off the northwest coast of Africa. If you have a map or you have Google, whatever you can The reason that we're paying attention, very close attention to this little tiny group of islands is there is a there's a volcano on one of them, La Palma, which about uh, 1949, however many years ago that is. It's 2021. So that's many, many, many decades ago. There was a huge volcano uh, erupting on the island and it literally fractured the island. Almost in two. Now, what do I mean by fracture? It created a fault, a fault line, which extends, according to the seismic readings, deep under the ocean. And so with subsequent eruptions and or earthquakes associated with eruptions, the fear has been for many, many decades that half of this island, something like 500 billion tons of basalt and rock will slide at a rather steep angle into the Atlantic Ocean. And as anybody knows, who knows uh, Archimedes, remember the bathtub rule, when you displace a large amount of water with a large amount of mass, what do you get? You get waves. In this case, the waves would produce, in the worst case scenario, a mega tsunami which would spread across the Atlantic both north, south, and west at the uh, speed of a jet aircraft. So in something between six and nine hours, the wave would reach the east coast of the United States. In much less time, it would reach Africa. It would reach Spain. It would reach the uh, uh, east, uh, I'm sorry, the west coast of Europe, you know, the lowland countries, France, uh, England. Uh, Scotland, all those nations, the Scandinavian countries, any nation with a sea coast uh, in, in uh, the northern hemisphere <clears throat> facing the Atlantic Basin would experience a wave height when the tsunami came ashore of anywhere between 100 and 300 meters. That's almost a thousand feet, and it would be racing inland at well over six miles an hour. It would decimate something on the order of 100 million people because of the waves spreading even into the Caribbean and around the southern tip of, the, of Florida into the Gulf Coast. It could it would literally wipe out 100 million people if you count North and South America, the Caribbean islands, uh, Africa, uh, Europe, uh, Canada, whatever, a 100 million people. So obviously, that's a bad hair day. You do not want that to happen. Now, within our technology, there's no way we can prevent it. Uh, tomorrow night, we may be discussing some technologies which could prevent this as part of our really outside the box assembling of dots. But for tonight, we'll assume there's no way that terrestrial science can prevent it. So The only defense is an early warning. Luckily, even for Europe, they would have hours after the island let go and slid into the Atlantic A warning, particularly if people have their smartphones tuned to geological apps, which give you warnings with seismic alerts and earthquake uh, alerts, things like that. So it would not come unannounced. And the shorter warning time would be for europe the much longer warning time would be for the united states but of course you're not going to get 30 million people up and down the united states eastern coast to evacuate even in you know six to nine hours no way however those that are paying attention and we reach a very large audience worldwide those that are paying attention set your apps to uh, if not the u.s geological service to the european equivalent Um, uh, look at that link at the top, number one. That is an update link for the volcanic activity under La Palma. That has a live trigger somewhere on that website, so you can get an alert on your phone. Um, You want to pay attention, because even though this is a very, very low probability event, I want to stress that. This is a low probability event. The problem is you can have a low probability event with extraordinary negative consequences, which means the damage, if it occurs, will be catastrophic. So you want to pay close attention. That's part of a global changing geology. And in fact, I saw a graph this afternoon, and we're probably going to be discussing this uh, at the top of tomorrow night's show. Uh, showing there has been a very definite increase in worldwide volcanic and earthquake activity over the last several decades. Now, what's interesting, and this is part of the U.S. Geological Survey uh, website, they say you shouldn't pay attention to the graph. You should read the text to properly interpret the graph. I find kind of curious. So we'll discuss this in more length tomorrow night what i'm what i'm doing is i'm looking at this as a big picture you know wide angle lens and the question of course arises if we have an increase in volcanic and earthquake activity over the norm you know we've been measuring this stuff for a couple hundred years if now is more active activity than there used to be there's two problems is it real new activity Or is it what we call in the sciences a selection effect? In other words, we have a lot more people on the planet. We have a lot better communications. People are interested in terms of social media, in terms of television, in terms of Facebook, in terms of all the modern means of talking to each other. So if a volcano goes off somewhere or an earthquake goes off somewhere, like the eight-point something that hit in July in the Aleutian Islands off uh, Alaska, a lot more people now are going to know about it than could have known 200 years ago. So that's the selection effect. So the graph that shows an increase, is that a real increase or is it merely because a lot more people are looking and reporting and talking about it? Again, we'll get into some of that uh, tomorrow night in, in more detail. Given that the planet is changing, given that we are seeing dramatic very negative environmental things happening like hurricanes of much greater frequency and strength like Ida that can go inland and days later can kill hundreds of people just because of all the rain that suddenly falls and there's no place for it to go. Uh, item number two in my items tonight is very important. The models are saying that the jet stream, which of course determines the the, the flow of mega weather patterns around the planet, the highs and lows, how hurricanes and typhoons move uh, kind of in this jet stream of uh, uh, air that moves at hundreds of miles an hour, that was only discovered by jet aircraft in the 1950s when they found that when they went from west to east, they got there sometimes early. And when they went from east to west, they got there late, uh, indicating a headwind. Well, eventually it was pinned down that there's this river of air snaking through the skies at about 40,000 feet in the Northern Hemisphere and in the Southern Hemisphere called the jet stream. And it controls the movements of other weather systems. So what controls the jet stream? Well, scientists are still working on that. Climatologists and meteorologists, there are several factors that have to be included in in the models. Anyway, the forecast for this winter, this coming winter, is that the jet stream has begun to move in an unprecedented fashion north, which could wreak havoc on weather in both the United States, particularly in the eastern part of the nation, as well as Europe. Um, There could be a lot more cold weather suddenly in the eastern part of the United States And in Europe, there are models that say this is part of the global warming process, which is underway. There are other models. I'm thinking of Dane Wigington and his um, ideas for many, many years that this is due to artificial tinkering with climate and with weather, which has been unacknowledged by mainstream coverage, but uh, could have, you know, bad side effects. And it's those bad side effects that uh, Wigington has pointed to for many, many years, that are causing bizarre weather in places that never had bizarre weather. There's a third possibility, and that is with the general change in the background torsion field physics that I've been talking about with my colleagues for many, many years, this is one of those collateral who ordered this things where as the physics changes, which determines the flow of energy within planets and in their atmospheres, part of that energy change is showing up in weird weather and climate that's never before been seen and in the geology, i.e. more volcanoes, more earthquakes, and in places where um, we have not seen them for many, many decades. That is up for grabs. We don't know which model is correct. That's what science is all about, trying to figure out what the right explanation is among a number of plausible alternatives. And if you get the idea that science is uncertain, welcome to the 21st century, science is uncertain. Um, in fact, it conforms to uh, one of Hoagland's laws. All science is approximate. Remember how in school we got the impression, I kind of remember how, That science was like specific and precise and, you know, you could take it to the bank and all that. No, no, it's very fuzzy as the treatment of this global problem of COVID-19 has demonstrated over and over and over again, where you have credible scientific, you know, individuals and institutions coming out with very different ideas for how to proceed, what causes are, what causes and effects are, et cetera, et cetera. Science is approximate and the goal of science is to reduce that level of uncertainty to the maximum amount you can but again there's a finite level at which you can reduce the uncertainty and real scientists realize early on that there is an inherent uncertainty to life that you can't reduce past a certain irreducible minimum in other words we have to kind of get used to living with uncertainty Item number three. Um, this is interesting because what we're going to talk about tonight is what the mainstream space programs, including uh, uh, China, are revealing about Mars. But what if there in fact is an invisible secret space program? What if nation states on Earth have individual secret programs? Or, for, you know, just an assumption, Suppose the United States is the only nation, superpower left on Earth, that has a secret space program based not on rockets, not on anything as primitive as what the Chinese invented something like 5,000 plus years ago, but in fact is able to control gravity and inertia and build spacecraft that could be at Mars in days, if not hours, compared to the months and months and months of slow celestial mechanics travel of contemporary spacecraft. Well, that's where item number three comes in. In the last few days, there appeared on Twitter a um, series of posts with really interesting images purporting to show a top secret, very un-aerodynamic craft of some kind Looking kind of like a flying saucer, which was being tested at a Lockheed Martin at the major aerospace company uh, terrestrial facility. And the question went out and the the news story is there from the Daily Mail. uh, The head of security at Lockheed won't say anything, won't acknowledge that it's their vehicle, but it sure as hell does not look like any airplane that uh, we have uh, uh, seen in any time frame, from the earliest biplanes to, you know, the sleekest F-22s, or the B-2 bomber, or the F-17, etc., etc. It looks really weird. There's more than one photograph. It was on a flatbed being taken somewhere, and someone got really close-up, crisp images. They posted them on the internet, and the cat is among the pigeons. So, More on this tomorrow night. Oddly enough, this again is relevant to our in-depth discussion about alternate timelines for terrestrial history, which we're going to really get into tomorrow night. So, item number four. This is, of course, the kind of backdrop to tonight's discussion. Many months ago, in July of last year, the Chinese announced they were sending an unmanned mission to Mars. The mission was not going to just go to Mars, it was going to go into orbit, it was going to land a lander, and then a little rover on six wheels was going to trundle off down a ramp and begin exploring the Martian surface in an unknown region, all in one mission, unlike previous history where the United States sent flyby missions first, then orbiters, then orbiters with landers and finally orbiters with landers that were rovers. So instead of extending that development process like the United States, China did it all in one. And Zhurong, which is the name of the rover, which is the Chinese fire goddess of Mars, landed and has been doing amazing work. The problem is the Chinese haven't really kept us up to date as to what the mission has been finding. But before they left, they, they published a poster. That's item number four. Item number five is a close-up with a close-up sketch uh, of Andrew Curry, who was our resident uh, uh, graphologist. Grapho- is that a word? Well, it is now. Anyway, he did a beautiful sketch of the set of real ruins. Chinese apparently borrowed a Curiosity rover image from NASA. Uh, borrowed is used loosely. And so, in item number four and five, you can see the Chinese in print in their poster advertising that when they got to Mars with Zhurong and TNN1, which is the name of the entire mission, it means "Questions of Heaven," and Zhurong again is the Chinese fire god of Mars. That when they got the spacecraft down on Mars, the poster strongly implied in a very Emily Dickinson fashion, you know, you know, tell all the truth, but tell it slant, that they were going to announce that they had found ancient ruins on Mars because they intended to land where they could find ancient ruins on Mars. Okay, we fast forward the film. And in May, on May 15th, uh, after spending several months in orbit, they arrived just before we did in February with their orbiter, and their lander and their rover all in one package. They separated the uh, lander, and it landed on May 15th, and the orbiter took pictures, and you can see in item number six the side-by-side comparison of the strip of the uh, uh, northern Martian desert called Utopia Planitia, the plains of Utopia. On the left is the pre-landing, and on the right is the same image after the Zhurong lander has landed. And if you look in the upper right-hand portion of the right-hand frame, you'll see a little kind of uh, dark splotch with two white things extending north and south, up and down. Those are the landing rockets and the blowing away of the surface dust revealing the darker material underneath. And that is the landing of the Chinese Zhurong rover on this little platform, this little TN-1-1 lander, all wet, without a hitch. Upper right-hand corner of both those frames, the pre-landing and the post-landing frame in item number six, you'll see the bottom edge of what looks like a crater. In fact, it's it's more than a crater. And if you go to number seven, this is a NASA image from the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, there's its number there, ESP underscore 069665 underscore 2055 underscore RGB, that stands for red, green, blue, dot, no map, meaning it's not been corrected for projection on a three-dimensional curved planetary surface, but with this small area, that doesn't matter. And if you click on that, you'll see a close-up of that feature just to the top right in the chinese black and white frames that's an amazing set of objects in fact if you click on number eight which is a close-up it turns out that this is two objects two structures two somethings that are almost a thousand feet long arrayed parallel with all kinds of stubborn incredible redundant interior geometry and that geometry be there in any mainstream model of mars i mean it just should not be there so the next question is why is it there well um that's where we're going to come into our tale tonight because it looks like From everything I have put together and some experts I've talked to, and, of course, members of our team, those two wing-like things with pinion-looking festoonings that look like uh, feathers on a central spine that are, in fact, almost 1,000-foot-long, multiply-dimensional 3D structures, there's no way you can explain that by geology. Zero. They're not geological. So if they're not geological, using the old Sherlock Holmes mandate, if you go for the uh, impossible, what could they be? Well, they appear to be ancient, artificial, very complex geometric structures with all kinds of substructure lying in this, you know, 1,500 foot wide depression that superficially looks like a crater in the northern plains of Mars. And here's where things get really really weird, because the Chinese, they landed, as you can see, if you go back up to item number six, click on number six again, look where Zerong is, look where these features are, just above it on those two frames, they're 1,300 feet south of a stunning set of unmistakable artificial geometric architecture, 1,300 feet, that's equivalent to about five city blocks in New York. I used to, on my lunchtime when I was working in New York, I used to go and walk the city just for exercise and to find a decent different restaurant. And so walking five blocks in New York and then five blocks back was a piece of cake. Could do it, you know, in a few minutes. And uh, Ron, Ron Gerbron, he walks routinely longer than five city blocks every day, catching buses, etc., around uh, Southern California. So the Chinese have a rover. They have a rover with a lander. And they have a lander that sets down 1,300 feet, five city blocks away from the thing they advertised before they left Earth. They were going to proclaim to the world. And instead of driving north, which would have taken them, probably maybe a week or so they run like hell in the totally opposite direction they literally fled as fast as the little rover wheels could carry them due south not even looking to the north looking to see what was just on the horizon uh for instance if you go to number nine there's a very intriguing comparison, which we're going to get into uh, in, with our panelists when we come back at, after the bottom of the hour, because number nine shows a comparison on the left between what I'm calling the Zorong ruins, remember, in the bottom of this 1500-foot-wide depression with all kinds of collateral geometry, rectilinear geometry all over this close-up frame, and on the right. As a comparison, is a frame grab from the movie about Mars put out by Disney several years ago called John Carter, which was loosely adopted from one of Carter's early books, The Princess of Mars, published back in the teens in the United States uh, of America back, uh, uh, you know, like a century ago. Look at that comparison. Look at the geometry in both of these totally separate objects, raising the question, and we'll get into this in our discussion, what did Disney know and when did they know it? And was this part of the weirdness that hung around the whole John Carter movie when it premiered in a very bizarre set of, shall we say, catastrophic rollouts? Anyway, to be discussed, oh, number 10, final item uh, for this section. This is a close-up of the panorama the Chinese released shortly after landing, showing that northern horizon. If you look in the center of the panorama, you see that kind of discoloration stretching toward the horizon. That's the northernmost uh, streaks of blowing away the surface dust from the landing rockets. And just to the right of that, on the horizon, you can barely see the ruins just peeking over the horizon. So why do the Chinese go south instead of north? We'll be discussing that for the rest of the morning. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we shall return...
1: the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. Where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not deposit money that they're loaning you. Uh, they just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. And then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boise squared the author of Government's Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news. With Timothy, Annetta, and Kenthia, thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide.
0: And welcome back, everyone, to The Other Side of Midnight for this Saturday night, the 2nd of October. It is fall here in the land of enchantment, and uh, this is a weekend when the annual Balloon Fest, which stretches an entire week, kicks off. Um, Last year, of course, because of COVID-19, they did not hold it. This year, uh, they're holding it again, and it's an extraordinary uh, uh, experience if anybody you know is in Albuquerque listening or if you uh want to visit and you want to take part in the balloon festival it's well worth it uh when Robin and I first moved out here we we would take Michael to uh, the crack of dawn <clears throat> go and see these various amazing you know lift-offs because you lift off in the calm before like sunrise and then they have what they call balloon glows because these are hot air balloons and they're uh, basically fueled by burners and the <clears throat> coverings for the balloon, which hold the hot air and provide the lift. They're uh, semi-transparent, they're translucent, and so they have a whole bunch of tethered balloons one night where the uh, uh, proprietors of the various balloons, which come from all over the country to participate in races and contests and demonstrations. and all, it's, it, it's an amazing event, and it takes place in the clear, gorgeous skies of New Mexico and the weather here for the last several days forecast for the next week is going to be stunning. So the balloon odysseys of the Albuquerque event are back on and they are memorable. Okay. So let's get down to cases. Let me introduce my guests of the morning who are by this time, I would presume, uh, kind of uh, uh, well-known to everyone who listens to the show on a regular basis. There's Ron Gerbron, who is our resident uh, uh, generalist. Keith Morgan, of course, who worked with Ted Koppel for many decades, <clears throat> is an expert on the uh, uh, Morgan curve, which he discovered at Sidonia on Mars and brought to uh, Koppel's attention all those decades ago. Uh, if he's not with us, well, he'll be with us in the second hour. Uh, Rogero Calo is going to be back with us. We've got Kinthea, of course, Kinthea was the original art director of the Enterprise mission and did the most amazing three-dimensional, quote, old-fashioned, close-quote, sculptures in clay of the face on Mars, proving unequivocally from the two images, high and low sun angle, that it was a three-dimensional, mile-long statue lying there in the northern plains of Cydonia on Mars. Well, she's done a lot more work in the uh, decades since. And tonight she's got some very interesting analyses of art that's been discovered as part of our team efforts in other places on Mars, specifically both by the Curiosity and the Perseverance rover. And last but not least, Jonathan Molnack is back with us. Uh, Jonathan, if one can consider one to be an expert in uh, out of body experiences and reincarnation, It's probably Mr. Romack. He now has a show called the OBE Show, Metaphysics and More on Amazon Prime. And if I left anyone out, I apologize. So welcome everyone to the other side
2: of midnight. Good evening.
0: Good evening. Good evening. Is that everyone? Okay. There's Ron. There's Ron. There he is. There's Ron. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Um, We led with the Chinese. Uh, What I want to do is kind of go in no particular order to give some people more time to frame their thoughts. What the heck is going on with the Chinese? I mean, Kinthia, when you look at that close-up, can it be anything else than architecture?
2: I can't imagine it could be. I mean, you know, you'll see in my studies that I've um, <clears throat> outlined the rectilinear patterns to make it pretty obvious when you see it. And then there are elements of sculpture. We'll get into it when we look at my items. But oh. I I don't know how anyone could explain these features any other way other than that they are not natural
0: Okay, let me go to Keith Morgan because, Keith, you were the one that went jumping up and down when you saw the close-ups and said, oh, my God, look, look, look. So you've had a week now to look at this and think about it. What do you think? Well,
3: this gave me such a shudder. (laughs) For a minute, I started to think that maybe it was Photoshopped in, but then as I started looking at all the other stuff around it, there's no indication this was photoshopped in or anything like that or morphed in. And I'm blown away by it because when you look at the overall further out, it almost looks like a wing. But when you get in close, it looks like the feather with the the center divide going up the center of the feather. And I'm like, this is too many coincidences for this just to be a natural formation. How do they miss this stuff? I I don't know. Yep.
4: Yep. Okay. John, what do you think? Well, I'd like to go back to last week, the last half hour of the show, real quick. You were talking about the 90-minute Mars quake, the AI type of architectural structures. What did you call it? Smart architecture? Mm-hmm. That have circuitry
0: literally buried in the walls. So when you erode it or degrade it and excavate it, you know, thousands of years later, you see this incredible close in geometric pattern. Perseverance has taken close ups of some of the so called rocks, and they've got some really amazing cameras, including one which is basically a zoom telescope and When you look at the details it's obvious we're looking at smart architecture we're looking at you know something that holds up a roof when it was new, but it's got circuitry literally in the walls, so the the domicile the uh, you know, the office, whatever they were, you know, you can only imagine in your mind the amazing capabilities of such architecture which could literally respond technologically to every wish of the occupants at any time of day or night, you know, from brightness to heat to maybe sounds to maybe colors to maybe who knows. In other words, they weren't just four walls and a roof. Whoever built this stuff, and now it's, of course, an incredible ancient ruin in fragments, were very, very,
5: very, very, very advanced.
4: Indeed, and if it is on a planetary scale, I think it's fair to say that Mars has a mind of its own.
0: Well, that's not a bad way of putting it. Because, of course, if you have individual structures, there's nothing that would prevent you. We have something primitive called the Internet today, you could link them all together. They could literally talk to each other. You could create waves of reaction. You could, you know, have the the buildings reacting to the day and night cycle automatically or in contrapuntal. You could have you could have music streaming from your environment that would match the mood of the environment out. In other words, there's no limit to what could be done even in our imagination and of course we're we're still very primitive, so imagine
4: what it really could do when it was new. Yeah, and isn't there a robot head, a Martian picture of a robot head similar to the one in Shorty Crater on the moon?
0: Um, I'm not sure. There's been so much, you know, at some point you have to forget something if you're going to remember something new. Um, I know there have been various representations of skulls with eye sockets and mouths, et cetera, et cetera but I'm not sure we've ever seen what I would term a counterpart to uh, uh, what I call data's head when I discovered it at the Apollo 17 landing site on the moon.
6: Hmm. Well, well we I... don't
5: know what, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Ron. Oh, I was going to say, we don't know what a head might look like, but yeah, he's right. And in, in terms of something that's anthropomorphic to that degree,
0: um,
5: I can't think of it either.
0: I can think of natural natural skulls that uh, have appeared in various rover missions. Um, I think Opportunity took a a photograph of one many, many uh, decades ago. But I can't think of something that would look as artificial, as robot-like, as android-like as the uh, head there in Shorty Crater on the moon. Well, I wonder if...
5: Oh, sorry. I'm going to go away after this. I just want to. <laughs> I'm I'm working, on, but right this very second, I'm working on an old Curiosity image. I, since we were talking Barsoom, I was uh, something. I made a connection I hadn't thought of. the uh, stuff like the floats that they're riding around. I said, if I think in terms of that instead of uh, terrestrial animals, this one frame that was taken by Curiosity, it's uh, Sol 732. I won't rattle off the whole thing. It's, thank except you. The, you know, the whole print. it um, looks like a uh, well. It looks like a horse's head or the skull thereof, and I mean, I've seen plenty of you know heads of horses and similar bovines and equines and stuff. It's got great big teeth like a horse. And I thought, if somebody's doing a sculpture, why would they put so much detail into the teeth? You know, so that's the... Other than that, I would assume that it's
3: like that. Well, gargoyle. you
0: know, obviously the Martians have the expression, never lift a gift horse in the mouth.
3: Right, or a gift, a gift float in the throat. Is how
0: they it. <laughs> John, you were going to say. Okay. Yeah, go back. Sorry.
4: I was just wondering if the the Chinese saw... Another shiny object, perhaps. Meaning? Ooh. Well, they drove south, too. They go, oh, my gosh. What is this over here? No, and no, no. We've
0: we, we looked. There's nothing. The most interesting oh. thing is this mm. amazing just 1,300 feet. I mean, that's literally, you know, you, you, you can throw a baseball on Mars that far. If you look at the panorama, uh, I think it's number 10. Um, it got switched somewhere in the in the switching back and forth. Um, you can see it just to the right of the uh, descent rocket streak on the horizon. It looks like it's got kind of a rubbly surface. What's interesting is there's a little ridge between the lander and the um, uh, features, this 1,500-foot-wide you know, depression. I don't want to call it a crater because you can see there's a big square in the basement of it that looks like the ruins of a basement. big square that's maybe... You know seven eight hundred feet across and perfectly rectilinear, tilted at forty five degrees to the north pole axis, so why they eschewed, fulfilling their mandate to land in front of ruins and show the world, which is what their poster bragged they were going to do, and then ran as fast as the little rover could you know roll its slippage wheels to the south it no they 're just running away from history they 're running away from. Danger, danger, Will Robinson, and we're going to get into uh, later in the morning some speculation as to why. So I want to go back to Ron now because the one thing you didn't Mm -hmm. answer is what's your reaction to the Chinese ruins and, more interesting, the Chinese reaction?
5: Uh, As far as the reaction goes, I'm still adding it up. They obviously were suddenly very, very motivated to not be there.
2: (laughs) uh, I haven't Okay. Oh, oh okay. Can, Go ahead, Cynthia. Can, can, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so no, as I'm watching what's happening globally, I, I don't see that there are individual governments. I really see that there is a force behind all the governments that is really working in concert. Oh, my God. That, 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 that's my model. I've been so saying that for a long time if they don't want us to know they there mean, are things out who, there,
0: who, who is they? The Chinese who, who, who were going to put
2: it out then they would say, hey, uh-uh, you're not doing that. You better head the other way. Well,
0: you know that I've been saying this for a long time on the air, right? Everybody remembers I've been saying this, that what goes on down here on planet Earth is really kind of trivial. The real action is upstairs, that the, the yeah. kabuki theater of separate nations and... Separate agreements and separate confrontations and all that. It's all all theater to paper over what's really important, which is whoever upstairs is mandating what happens down here.
2: And as you know, Richard, I really hold the model that that is not only about outer space, but it has very much to do with the COVID question.
0: Which we're going to get into great detail tomorrow night. Yes, yes. But here's what's interesting. Again, part of my model, and I guess we're going to kind of drift back and forth between tonight and tomorrow night, has been for months and months and months, I've said that when the Chinese published from their two unmanned rover missions to the moon, Chang 3, which landed on the front side of the moon at 44 degrees north and 19.5 degrees west, and then showed a bunch of incredible glass ruins like Apollo, and published them, including on the people's, you know, army website. They crossed a line. Somebody upstairs did not like it. And in retribution, COVID-19 was visited upon the Chinese as punishment. And it radiated out from there with all the convolutions of terrestrial politics and and, uh, egos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They did the same thing on Chang 4, uh, about two years after Chang 3, on the far side of the moon. And where they landed on the near and the far side, it's obvious to me they're measuring the physics, the hyperdimensional torsion field physics of the moon in orbit around the Earth, which does very interesting things when you have alignments like in eclipses, which Robin and I measured with the Akatron here on Earth alignments like eclipses or transits make the Akatron go ding, 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 ding in a major fashion. If you can put two spacecraft on the moon in opposite sides so that the line between them goes right through the core of the moon, imagine all kinds of physics you could measure. And then they they, they didn't publish it, but the fact that they did it means that they were transgressing on heaven. So I viewed for... 18, 20 months now, the COVID origins as Wuhan as being direct retribution against the Chinese for not playing a uh, ball for going as uh, the Intel folks I used to talk to here would say off the reservation. And so they announce with great pride, they're going to land on Mars and show us ruins. They land within 1300 feet of ruins. They run like hell in my simple model somebody told them are you nuts no way are you going to reveal that and if you do what will happen is the wrath of heaven forget the questions so they have run south and don't everybody speak at once or you pick, shock us
2: well <laughs> i you know that's that's all fine and good i i can hear that and we're leaving out the important element of Fauci's connection to Wuhan. It, all these so, players uh, are just, whole
0: all, all these players are merely bit players. They're under contract to something going on upstairs. Now, as I'm going to talk about with our guest tomorrow night, I think it's the breakaways. Who was the breakaways? Oh, they're the Nazis
1: <clears throat> who mm-hmm. left
0: Earth and migrated into the solar system and who were their extraterrestrial mentors. Did the uh, mentors, and we'll use that in loose terms, did they shift allegiance from the Germans when they lost the war to, at some point, the Chinese? Were the Chinese functioning, the PRC, as their new terrestrial henchmen? And when they thought they were the king of the walk, when they got out of line, when they thought they controlled their own destinies, something slapped them down very hard, i.e., COVID-19? Again, these are all questions. There are very, very few answers. And more critically, there are few ways to find bona fide testable answers because we're immersed in what I call the fog of war.
2: Mm-hmm. May I? Sure. I think there's, there's also another model. And that is if you look throughout history, you see the prominence of serpents. Throughout all the art, throughout history, you see serpents. And many are considering a reptilian race, an extraterrestrial, not terrestrial, an alien reptilian race that has been interfering with our planet. And while the breakaways, the Nazis may be part of it, I I personally don't think they have the They had enough time. I think they might be working in concert with reptilians. And I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, we're overrun by reptilians. But when you look throughout (laughs) our history, there's a lot of things that are just like disturbing, like reptiles eating babies. That's very disturbing. And you see it throughout the art. Ron? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What would you say about
2: about reptil- uh, reptiles in art history?
5: Well, you know, in the uh even in the Bible, the in the Garden of Eden, uh the um devil show or well, Satan, whatever you want Lucifer, whoever, shows up uh in a reptilian form. They mentioned this, but he was also very, very handsome. Right? Mm-hmm. Right, And uh, in the, as the account went, you know, so it's,
0: um, uh,
5: yeah, that implies to me a reptilian race interacting with us. I think there's been several of them. You know, that's
2: another. Like...
4: Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. The...
2: And another. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. John, was... just, John, John you just said something amazing. Yeah. What is, what um, is, what is, is Quetzalcoatl? It's the feathered serpent. Yes. Right. What do the structures right. that the Chinese found look like? They Feathered look serpents. like feathers. Yep. They look yep. sinuous. Are we getting mm-hmm. ahead of our skis here? Right.
6: <laughs> no. I I here also
0: want to
2: share. I also want to share that in a conversation with Joseph Gill, who's been a guest on both shows, The Other Side of Midnight and The Other Side of the News. You know, he's well traveled. He's gone around the planet. Oh, yeah. 150 times, I don't know. It's just I can't lost count. But he reported that in many of the places. It was in uh, down in Australia with the Aborigines and also in Tibet, wherever he went where there were more indigenous people. They were asking him to stick out his tongue. And he asked them why, and they said, because we want to see if it's forked. You remember the expression, he speaks with a forked native tongue.
0: The Native American expression. It's almost a cliche. Right, it it right. is a cliche. But, is, but the thing you know is what?
2: that Joseph reported this happening in other parts of the world. They were demanding oh, he no, stick that out is, his tongue that is, before that, they would interact with him. That
0: is very interesting data. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Has he had cataract surgery or
6: something? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: it doesn't. Well, no, no. I,
0: Oh, you, mean, you, you no, mean like, hang on, you mean like the bad guy in one of my favorite movies, Fortunegger movies? Yes, folks, <laughs> I watch action flick sometimes, uh-huh. called The Last Action Hero. Remember the yes. eye structure of the bad guy? Oh, yeah. In Last Action Hero? Oh, yeah. Vertical, serpent-like slits.
2: Well, you see that well, also David, in Men in Black.
0: Yep.
5: yep. Yeah, David Belowy had one, too.
0: You mean natural, or or was it a yeah. um, was it was it a the uh, official story from
5: his publicist, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, was always that it was the result of an injury. I met him. It doesn't make me an authority on it. It's just he had a great memory. He remembered after he remembered me after that for years. You know, so I thought, okay, no wonder this guy's successful. Anyway, no, no, no I got to see him close up. I mean, I helped drag him to a bathroom. That gives you a pretty good look at someone, and uh, he uh,
0: obviously was, a memorable uh, experience.
5: <laughs> you, you, well, let's let's just say, uh, yeah, uh, it was during the Diamond Dog days. He was um, keeping himself um, high. Uh, the uh, no, but the one eye had a vertical pupil, and it, it functioned just fine. And I knew someone personally. And, and wait, it was it, it, it was not a contact
0: lens, right?
5: No, no, and this has always been in my fascination basket, because it is not part of the human genome. It is something that is perfectly possible, you know, like you could take a, take a tractor apart and make a washing machine well,
6: out Well, wait, you know, wait, wait, it, wait, um, wait, and uh,
0: actually, guys, we're at the top of the hour, you know, we could go on. We, we have, will go on. We've got two more hours of this, boys and girls, so I'll tell you what, everybody kind of hold your place where you are, um, I'll do this, you're on the other side of midnight, We're talking about the Chinese bragging that they're going to send their unmanned rover to Mars to expose, obviously against the uh, decadent capitalists, which have been keeping it secret for all these years, ancient ruins of an ancient culture on Mars, which, of course, as you're going to also hear in the rest of our morning, there are incredible connections now that we've discovered in the art of Mars and in the art of Earth. So, yeah, there are Martian terrestrial connections. Did the Chinese focus on a region on Mars where they could find something that would maybe resemble the great, 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 great ancestors of pagoda-like architecture? And then something happens. They get there. They land successfully. They go through the Seven minutes of terror, and what do they do? They run like hell. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
7: Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com.
0: And welcome back, everyone, to The Other Side of Midnight for this Saturday, October 2nd, 2021. We're keeping an eye on La Palma. Oh, by the way, did you know that Kilauea in Hawaii also has erupted again after like a year or so of being dormant? It's doing something interesting. Is there a global field and is the general rising of the background physics triggering energy exchanges which in the in the form of Kilauea is literally occurring at 19.5 against that backdrop we're talking tonight about the Chinese going to Mars landing within walking distance of a stunning set of ruins and then splitting which is a uh, Chinese technical term Okay, so everybody's back. Uh, Where were we? Uh,
5: Quetzalcoatl. That was an intrusion.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent. See, I'm really against the knee-jerk reaction. Reptiles are bad. Mammals are good, that kind of thing, because it seems to be so cliche. But when you start looking at individual um, data, particularly this this appearance in art, bad serpents um you know the whole biblical tradition, the problem with the biblical tradition is if you really drill down into it, what was Satan accused of doing by Jehovah in the Garden of Eden? What was the horrible sin that Adam and Eve participated in
2: revealing no. the
0: knowledge knowledge and- exactly, oh. so the bad serpent actually work to free them from their chatteldom to a guy claiming to be God. In other words, these legends, these mythologies, these freezes, this art has layers of nuance and interpretation, and so I'm trying to resist the knee-jerk reaction, reptiles bad, mammals good. I would more well, like... Let me finish the thought.
7: Maybe it's both.
0: Sorry. Dave. I would... Well, yeah, exactly. There's no reason that It it can't be both and there can't be factions. You know, think of when we racially stereotype an entire culture based on their genome, it's as bad as racially profiling people here on earth. So it's much more nuanced. It's much more complicated. And of course, in legends that survive for thousands, if not millions of years, it's going to be streamlined. So basically the bare bones are what survive, and the nuance and the subtleties and the interplay of personalities is completely lost to history because there is no history. When you you know destroy planets, you destroy archives and libraries, and you're left with with memory, and
4: memory is not always faithful. Yeah, didn't the Mayans consider Quetzalcoatl as a he was a good force, he was a, a
5: good, good teacher? guy teacher? Yeah, oh, he he was, No, very. He's been compared to a Jesus figure by yep, some yep. cross cultural uh, people that like you know that want to syncretize all myth and religion mm-hmm. together. Uh, ouroboros the world serpent in the mystic tradition, the serpent eating its tail, that ring thing. Uh, that's not a bad serpent. Um, the uh, what's the name under Nordic myth? Um, the mid no Midgard is Earth. The um, yeah, but you know they have a uh, they have a world serpent that is also you know a good
0: thing. So yeah, it can go either way. And in the Chinese, remember the close kin of of serpents are dragons. Dragons in Chinese culture are very very good. So the idea of stereotyping Ooh. reptiles are bad, mammals are good. I really resist that. Now again, you have factions. Look at our own terrestrial example of Cold War with with. Uh, you know, masters of the universe and uh, subservient classes and sub-nations and pawns. and
6: Geopolitics. The whole away. idea of the...
0: Bre- yeah, exactly. So I think when we find the libraries, the real history is going to be incredibly complicated and uh, it's not going to be linear at all. I mean, what in terrestrial history is linear? Nothing. Nothing.
2: Well, it's always rewritten too. <laughs> Well, Victory you know, it, exactly.
0: So. That's another cliche, but uh, it does have a large uh, truth. Let's let's go back to the Chinese. Given their proclivities on Earth and the fact that they appear to be trying to expand from a continental nation, you know, look at the South China Sea, uh, look at their reaction, you know, uh, against other nations doing things in their vicinity, um, look at what they've done in terms of the lunar missions in basically bragging, although not verbally, not in print, but certainly there in the imagery that they found something stunning. Um, their behavior in terms of Mars is so opposed to their previous space behavior, i.e. the two unmanned lunar missions, that something must have happened, something intervened. And what was it? Well, it's the COVID-19 thing and Wuhan. So if they're minding orders from upstairs, what is whatever's going on upstairs going to be doing in terms of future terrestrial history that they cannot fulfill a plan they advertised over a year ago? Um Um, is a reaction, yes. (laughs) Yes.
5: I I have an Easter egg for you, Richard because I don't think you had time to see this.
0: No, I've had no time to see anything. Sorry.
5: Yeah, if anyone wants to look at number 31 under my images, it doesn't relate to the rest of them, except at this moment in this conversation. The very last one, I know that sounds like a lot, but we doubled up so that people that said, what the hell are they talking about that didn't hear last week's show could see the stuff that started some of this. Oh, Uh, guess what that is? everybody remember if you're old enough you used to get on a plane as a kid and the uh, flight attendant would come around and give you a little pair of flight wings
6: i
0: never pilots. got one oh oh so oh
5: well uh, the uh kind of thing you would save if you could if you but in any case uh the uh certainly the um passengers on the spacex flight went up high enough to be entitled to full-on astronaut wings. So uh, Elon Musk had some fabricated uh, for them, and that's what number 31 is. Which reminds me,
3: what
0: did Elon... See, dragon. What did Elon call his spacecraft, his crewed spacecraft? Yeah, the crew dragon. Dragon! That's exactly why they're... Yes.
6: Yeah. 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 And now, there's... A, are they negative
0: awesome, or are they positive? My feeling is based on his whole you know, Gestalt, what he's trying to do, that the dragon in, in the Elon Musk pantheon of spacecraft is, is a good thing. It's a good guy. So where did this dragon uh, wing thing come from? Do you remember which airline? And is this yours? The Dragon Astro Wings? No, that is from Elon Musk for the space. Oh, I thought it was because you mentioned getting on a plane as a boy and getting a pair of wings. I thought this was one of them. Well, I'm just saying it's... I was just saying that's an
5: equivalent of that. I mean, as far as that certification process goes, you get a certificate, you know, but um he thought, Okay, commercial flight, they get they, they get wings and um the I mean look at those. They're just gorgeous. Of course they are. But, um Man has style. And um Yep. The Chinese are probably going, Why didn't we think of that?
2: And uh, Andrew's sending me a note that dragons are a symbol of change, a force of nature, destruction, and new beginnings. Does Andrew and want Andrew, to
0: join the conversation?
2: Well, I'm <laughs> just working on something. Oh, sent me a drawing which I'm adding, I'm adding to the last item of yours.
0: Right uh, to my items, okay. Uh, John, what, where are you on all this? Are serpents bad guys, good guys, in-between guys, or like any other population? Do you have good guys and bad guys in the same groups?
4: Yes, you have a Quexicodal and you have the Gorn. Oh, yes, the Gorn. Yes.
0: Who remembers where the Gorn came from? Planet had the same name, didn't it? I was thinking more of the cultural reference. Star where... Trek. Yes. Oh.
5: Yeah, Star Trek. It's a big fight between um, uh, Captain Kirk and the guy in the rubber suit.
0: Yeah. Which appealed to every negative stereotype of serpents you can imagine for Roddenberry's TV show to portray good versus evil, et cetera, et cetera. And, I mean, it, it, it was kind of a morality play, but the bad guys there were evil reptiles, the Gorn.
4: Exactly.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they
5: were killing and eating people. I mean, this is, you know. right on.
4: But Yeah, they, yeah. They, the good they, lizards they and the bad the... lizards could be fighting each other as well. Well, I you know,
0: know, know, guys, that this is immortalized in Earth's skies in the celestial sphere because there is a major constellation winding its way around the current orientation of Earth in space toward the North Star Polaris, and winding around the pole uh, and never setting for anywhere in the Northern hemisphere, we have this huge long serpentine constellation called Draco or the dragon. And some of the stars in Draco have been tabulated as alignment stars for the great pyramid at Giza in Egypt, somewhat 2,500 years ago, give or take. So the idea of serpents in terrestrial mythology and even architecture is very deeply rooted. Again, the question is, good guys or bad guys or both? Both. (laughs) Yeah, John, I definitely vote for both. Okay, um, what I want to do now that we're not going to uh, have Ruggiero join us until the... the uh, uh... Richard? Yeah?
2: Sorry, hold on one second. Before you move on, Yeah. I I got Andrew's item up. It's a number 12.
6: Okay, let me and refresh. And it's
2: his vision of what a uh, Martian might look like.
0: Okay, so let me... Oh, that's cool. Okay, so let me find where... It's, it's at the last item of my items, right? Right, number 12. Scrolling
2: Mm -hmm. down. Oh! Oh my. If you click on it, he's got these crystals spinning around this Martian somehow.
0: Oh, how interesting. Of course, my obvious question is, how did he pick this guy, this form, this, you know, morphology, et cetera, et cetera. But of course,
2: we can't ask him because he's working. Well, I just put down his note there, you know, and I'm thinking about the field of energy that the Chinese are always talking about, these fields of energy. So he's depicting here the force of Qi.
0: Oh, so that oh, okay. Pistol. So that's, oh, yeah. Well, I've actually seen video of, of masters who were literally able to repel opponents who were coming at them, you know, at 80 miles an hour. And it looks mm-hmm. like they literally bounced off a force field like a foot or two away. They didn't even wow. touch them. And this is on video. So, you know, again, this I, is
4: a... Yes, John? I felt that force. I, I spent 10 years in the martial arts, and I studied with Master Park, who was the champion taekwondo master of Korea. So he was a, he was a pretty bad dude. He's just like another little Bruce Lee. <laughs> and just standing near him, you'd feel the, his, his energy and his aura. And then he'd explain a technique and put his fist near you, and you would just feel... Wow. The, the density of his fist is like it's a train or something. So if you ever and he just snap a quick little punch at you or something and you felt it go through you. And if he did it a little harder, you'd be dead. Your organs would just go. You know. Well, that implies an amazing amount of control. Amazing amount. Incredible. So on my uh, YouTube channel, uh, I have a videotape of him doing a Chi demonstration where he puts a uh, needle, uh, like a sewing, knit, a knitting needle, through his uh, the skin by his left elbow and one by the right elbow, and then he hangs buckets of water off of them. They weigh 22 pounds each, and he, he lifts them up and swings around a few times so that the buckets are, you know, swinging uh, almost horizontally, and then he slows down. He puts the buckets down. He pulls the. the knitting needles out of his arm and goes hmm. <laughs> so, but you could feel in this dojang you're you know 10 12 or 15 feet away from him wait 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 wait. his his what his dojang what's a dojang uh, the dojang is uh, the korean term for a dojo okay is, uh, yeah dojang is the workout place but you could feel the pressure pushing you back
2: wow well,
4: so he's literally able to tap into the field he taps into the field big time. and,
0: and time. And they all do. All these, these uh, you know, Asian master, uh, you wouldn't call it um, sport. You'd, what is the appropriate term? An art. An art. Okay. We now have Ruggiero with us to make a very interesting segue. Ruggiero, have you been hearing our conversation? Unmuting helps. Not sure if he's got his uh
3: mic set up yet,
0: oh, I got a note that said he's ready, ready and waiting So, okay, He says his microphone is not working, okay, we will move on, and when you're ready, just break in, okay
3: um hey, rich, rich yes, there was um in the lost book of inky inky said that every time their planet returned, there would be a lot of volcanic and um, seismic activity on this planet and Mars had that volcanic activity take place even though they're claiming it's just clouds that was going on and could it be that now the same gravitational effect that caused that to go off? No, 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 no,
0: no, no. Forget gravity. Ditch gravity from your mind. Put gravity in a okay. closet. Put it in the lockbox. It's physics. not gravity. It's the interplay in the field, the torsion field, which is okay. not 3D. It doesn't need to transcend time and space. If you calculate the gravity change on Earth from Mars oppositions, you know, as Sagan once said, the, the uh, obstetrician, Standing next to a birthing woman giving birth to a baby exerts far more gravitational force on the woman and the baby than Jupiter does, which is totally true. But this is not a 3D force. It's a hyperdimensional force, dimension and above manifesting in, through the ether, uh, which is the other name for the torsion field. And so it's not distance, it's angles. It's all about angular relationships and spin, the whole new physics which, of course, is not being taught because it's the real secrets of the universe and how the universe really works. So, of course, it's been suppressed. The physics we have is, you know, they teach in college and they teach in high school and all that. It's crap. It's a pale vestige of the real stuff by design. Going back to Kinthea's ideas that what goes on down here is very narrowly controlled. And obviously, the Chinese got out of line and they got slapped down and so they're not going to repeat that mistake again and they ran like hell when they landed next to ruins so is uh Ruggiero, are, are you are you ready yet i'm hearing noise i'm hearing
3: hmm. the ether. i don't think he's ready the yet winds of
0: change
5: is he using a headset or the or just the speakerphone
0: well, we'll let him sort it out, and when, when he's ready, he will yeah. he will join in. Um, I'll tell you what, we have so much to do tonight in the way of art. Let me start with Cynthia because Kinthea, um, it's not demand. It's kind of like a huge productivity, which we've been waiting for the appropriate frame. Tonight's the appropriate frame. Cynthia. where are you <laughs> taking us, and what are we going to look at?
2: Oh, geez. <laughs> well, <laughs> I impossible. am... You know, I was bouncing off of the show last week because where, what corner, what what are you talking about? And I thought, oh, let me just revisit Ron's images. So as you look in my items, you'll see that I label it study off of Ron number one, and Ron number the, three. The, the,
0: the way to get there is you go to the banner on the guest page at the very top of the page, click on Fast Links to Items, click on Kinthea. That will take you directly to her section of Radio with Pictures. And we're clicking on item number one, which becomes full screen. Oh, my God. Look at that. Wow. So,
2: yeah, I mean, that one is like even without the line. So, folks, if you're not seeing this, what I've done is I've taken the original. It's on the left. And on the right, I'm superimposing the geometry, which hopefully is obvious, you know, Without me doing that, but for those who want to see it more clearly, once you see it, it's hard not to see it on the original. So look at that cube. I mean, that is a cube, cube, if ever I saw a cube, really.
0: It looks like the blocks around the Giza Plateau or around Teotihuacan or any other pyramid complex. It looks like a big chunk of rock cut by some kind of mechanism, technology, into Mm -hmm. blocks. With the sharp right, right angle, angle edges, yes. Yep. Cut yep. or poured.
2: Well, either way, there's still right angles. And um, one corner is broken off, but three corners are intact. As we and find twice. here again and again. Mm-hmm. So the first three, four, five, let me see, the first five, six, first five images, I'm pretty much doing that. You can go through them and look at the structures. In the second one, what I find uh, interesting, now as you're looking at it, the photo on the right, I did lighten it so you could see more of the detail that's hidden in the... Which in number the are we talking about now? Well, we're talking about my number two. Number two, okay. Which is actually Ron's number three. Right. So, my number two you'll see that the right hand photo I've lightened it up so you can mm-hmm. see into the shadow Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and you can see that there are these perfectly parallel lines going on they're beautifully parallel with another right angle corner there on that top slab, and notice that the bigger slab is hanging over, and by its shadow, you can see oh, that the shadow
7: that.
2: is also a right angle. So you can see the space that it's hanging over, the structure under it. And the shadow shows that that is also a right angle. And all of these are parallel. It's just like beautifully, you know, chiseled. I mean, the the width of like the, Like
0: a master stonemason <clears throat> took yeah. and stack these things up to be part of the a building, a wall, a pyramid, whatever. But what I'm intrigued with is what appears to be glyphs on the ends, like some kind of carving, symbolic
2: carving. It could be. It's hard to know. It's really hard to know. There are some other places where I think the glyphs are more obvious, but certainly that's possible. So then moving on to number three of my item, which is actually Ron's number four. This was... Oh, it's a small file, so when it's blown up, it's fuzzy. But you can see there's the right angle again. The top, the top one on the right that looks mm-hmm. like a triangle. Yep. You see the right angle. And then you see this huge block again, just sitting there. I mean, to have one to have one appear, okay, maybe, but to have more than one. And and th- these
0: are all images from Perseverance in Jezero Mm -hmm. Crater.
2: Right, right. These are all off of, uh, well, yes. So then in my number four is the first of a study off of Ron's number five. And again, look at the parallel ledges. There's Mm -hmm. one where the rock is just rock, whatever it is, it's just hanging straight out there parallel with a slab that Uh, Maybe it's below it or it's back behind it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like it's behind it. But again, again, that slab that's behind it, there are those two parallel lines. It's just perfectly formed, the equidistant, all the way across, all the way across. Beautiful. And how that rock would be just hanging out there, I (laughs) What it really looks like in the f- one that's in the foreground, it looks like it had tumbled over. hmm You know, it's just... Um,
4: if only those glyphs could speak.
2: Right. Well, maybe someone's going to have past life recalls and be able to tell us what they say.
4: We well, need a linguist.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's an or a philologist. Mm-hmm. So if you move Most on to my number... Wouldn't touch it.
4: Yeah, but
5: most most of them wouldn't touch any of this with a uh, 12-foot pole. Mm, well,
6: we're looking for bad. the exceptional person who right. will.
2: Yes. So if you look at my number five, again, here's this theme of
0: oh. overhanging
2: stones. Oh, look at stones. that. So on the left, you can see the one that's got the parallel base, and look at the shadow underneath it. You can see how it's just hanging out there. Very strange, and up on the right, again, you see the same thing parallel, and it's hanging over and resting. I mean just precariously. how does a a rock form that way naturally? I mean, it doesn't doesn't <laughs> there's mm, no, no no way you can no. invent a rock to do that. Well, it's it, it obviously is
0: has got an end. It's but, got a sharp. Know, if it was just a rock, it would be solid from the top and go on up. It wouldn't
2: have this.
0: Well, you you can have strata laid down, but but that geological model of sedimentation in a in a you know quiet water that mm-hmm. wouldn't give you these these suspended slabs that end in space. Because why do they end? If right. if they were broken the force to break them would break them so they wouldn't be suspended.
2: And why are they parallel with each other? Exactly. Do you notice? Exactly. Both, both yes. rocks are parallel with each yes. other. What about the guy in, in the so foreground? Long. Well, that's in the next study. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Sorry okay, to anticipate.
2: So you move on to number six, which is Ron's 5C. I've enlarged this segment. And again, on the right, I lightened the photo so you could see more detail It's in the dark area. And look on the side of it. On the left, there is a perfect slab. Beautiful.
0: Rectilinear. You know,
2: rect- rectilinear with a corner edge. It's got like a little end block. I mean, it's perfectly formed. They look like...
0: Stones shaped by a master mason,
6: mm-hmm. not
0: random geology. Mm-hmm. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me?
6: Good Mr. Morning.
0: Saunders, welcome. Oh, okay. <clears throat>
8: uh, no,
2: Rogero, the... that's not Saunders.
8: We all sound the same over here.
2: No, you don't. No, you don't.
0: <laughs>
8: uh, we just got uh,
2: the Brits
0: confused. <laughs> yep. Okay. Hi, Rogero. Good morning. So, were you uh, able to hear early, the early part of the show?
8: No, I missed the first hour. <clears throat> um,
0: ah. So okay, well, the- let, let's let Cynthia finish her presentation. Then I so, want to ask you a couple of questions. So, right. you know, kind of hang back for a minute here. Continue. Please continue.
2: Okay. So, so continuing on that one, as you notice on the, on the right side of that block, you can see it's overhanging again because see the shadow underneath? Yep. So, there's this there it's overhanging
0: which indicates it's moved through three dimensional space it's tilted over it's fallen over in other words it it, it didn't sit there and then the ground erode out from under it
2: right and then in my number seven by the way you th- seem to have missed the one right below it uh, you haven't reloaded your page I took that out because I found a, a an area which I didn't agree that it was correct. So I deleted it.
0: Re- I'm thinking in that image. Hang on. Let me go look at the number. It's number six. All right. You've got your red lines. You've got that upper very thin slab, which mm-hmm. is um like much longer than it is wide. It appears to be like a cube, very long cube, if you can have a long cube. Below that, you've got another yeah. one which appears to have a protrusion. In fact, several that are carefully, like right in the middle of that block. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's, there there's a it's, there, there's there's a technical term for that. Um, I think it's called a boss, b o s s, pronounced not boss mm-hmm. but boss. And in other words, I don't know. It, it, it it it's more carved. It's carved stone with uh, handles. Think of it as a handle, and you can see it better on the left than the right, the left image, which is a little bright. You see the shadow, again, parallel to your block above it? Let, let me let you continue.
2: Okay, so um, let's go to number my item number seven, which is keyed off of Ron's item number nine. Remember last week I kept saying it's curved like a hand, Yeah, like a cup hand. You, it I'm not like saying it. it's a hand. It was just to get you to find which item I'm talking about. But if you look at it, look at the color of what's around it, and then look at the color of this stone or whatever it is. And then notice the slab that's in the foreground Notice, oh, I have a helper cat. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the foundations are always that bright kind of white, you know,
6: they, they
2: right. reflect so, light.
6: But, yeah.
2: So what I'm saying is, if you notice the even thickness, that it's, it's not a thick rock. It's coming up and you can see there's like a hole where you can see through to the other side as, mm-hmm. though, as though it's been sculpted. And um, top Talk- a moment while I put this cat. It looks, it looks
0: very symmetrical. See, I would have said it's a tiny, tiny version of the natural bridge in Utah, where you've got a mass of something and then there's a hole through it. And in this case, it's obviously sculpted and it's sitting on a broad base. Um, but it's got it's got you can see through it. You can see to the bright uh, material behind it, uh, which is also off to the left. You can see a little bit
4: poking out from the left of this object. Yeah, and if, if you're like me, Richard, I'm sure you are, and probably other people listening where you've looked at images for years and decades, you you get to a feel for the construction properties just based on the colors and textures of these rocks and so forth. You mentioned last week about the blue rocks. hmm So the blue ones are big there's something those blue rocks are something kind of special or that's something well they may not be rocks see uh, I call them rocks but uh, yeah I mean I think these are even poured some of these things where they Mm -hmm. pour in different types of rocks and they mix in some monatomic elements and then they put in a, uh, a mold and then hey this is what you get I'm
0: wondering if these are not all 3D printed in the master architecture before it's smashed mm. in terms oh. of ancient ruins. Ooh, there's a – ooh. That's yeah. So that's
5: so Something that I see on here that I uh, couldn't see without Kim Fia's, uh augmentation, uh, the, uh, the, where you lightened it up, the, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's not actually a large single block. You can see from this, because of the, what you did to the contrast, that it's uh, a side panel that's leaning against
0: something else. Which one are we talking you know, about, Ron? It, yeah. Which yeah, number? This would. Which number? Yeah, this would Wh- be. Which 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 number this would be? Ron. Which number? to
5: it. Study five. I I can't if I can't say the words, you won't know. Five C. Study, five. Cynthia's study okay. five C, which is number six.
2: Okay, number
0: six. And what is leaning against what?
5: The uh, the closest side to us of that large mailbox-shaped object mm-hmm. that the that even the NASA was very curious about, and that uh, it added all those red lines to. Yeah, the whole fr- that whole side, I believe, is uh, two pieces. The top one is a uh, roughly rectangular slag Slab, It's probably suffered some de- degradation leaning up against it. And the dark spot at the bottom of it, you can see, is a hole. I mean, you can see that it's hollow in there. And those, t- the stuff at the bottom, it's not two bars. It's one thing that has a sculpted top, which is sculpted like a bar. And so mm. they... Uh, you
0: see what I'm saying?
2: Possibly. It's hard to tell because mm. the two lines are... See, what it'll, we need to do the real
0: analysis, we need more than one image. You need stereo. You need it from different angles. You know, you need to be able to rotate it in the computer like Tim did with one of the early uh, uh, Curiosity artifacts, that uh, turban or wheel or whatever it is there. Uh, one image, it's very subject to interpretation, except for the re-
4: rectilinearities and the
0: geometry. That's unmistakable.
4: Well, one thing's for sure. We're looking at type two alchemy. Yes. And you will define that right. Uh, Type two civilization is they've reached the level of controlling their star. Mm, Possibly. Possibly. Anyway, please continue.
2: Okay, so let's look at my number eight. This is the other one that I was really wanting to bring out where I kept talking about some kind of shield or something with what looked like hieroglyphics or some pattern.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: So you can see it's a thin object and you can see it's got all this kind of ornateness going on, which is very different than the rock around it. And if you look at the shadow, you can see the delicateness of the shape of it coming, coming down. You, the little pointy thing. Yeah, over in on the far words, left,
0: you can see it's really thin.
2: Yeah, yeah. Very it's thin. A plate of something with a kind of ornate pattern on it, which has been with time, it's Stout. Mm. We used to have
0: wallpaper in a dining room that looked like that. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead, Ron. No,
5: I think I no, I think it is glyphs and so forth. Mm-hmm. see i i but see I they never give us that.
0: enough of a close-up so we know it's always this stupid emily dickinson thing they just give you a hint by the way kantia mm-hmm. on the right hand side of that thing we're talking about yeah. look at those two sharp edges at a definite angle that are half buried in you know thin that, dust
2: that are more vertical
0: yeah yeah well they're mm-hmm. i think they're horizontal parallel
2: with each I, other I, well
0: they're one is aimed toward us and the other is at an angle, but it's like it's part of this is buried in thin sediment i e dust or sand, and part of it is coming above the surface with two sharp edges on the right. same object are you
2: speaking okay same so object. Are you speaking of dark things sticking up or light things because think- light light light
0: hmm? you, right you, you go are go, go,
2: those, for- those two little dark.
0: You go from your flat thing with the with the modeling, the glyphs. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me let me go to your red one, the one with all the red on it.
2: Yes.
0: It continues under the sand. Then it comes back up just a mm-hmm. little short distance away with two sharp edges. I see what you're oh, saying. Oh,
5: I see what you're saying. You're connecting it with the stuff
0: with the ring on it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. In other words, if this is a flat panel, I'm going to say something that I don't mean, like aluminum, and it's off something Mm -hmm. much bigger, and it got ejected, and part of it is lying there, and maybe it's tilted on a rock underneath or something else. Part of it's half buried, and then it's it's got a flange on the right that comes up, and you can see. And then to the right of that, you see. Richard,
2: it doesn't look
0: flat. That red part looks like it's slightly curved. Oh, no, no. It's 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 bent. It, it, it used to be flat. It obviously oh, is could bent. Be,
2: could be. I don't know about the obvious part because if it's sculpture, it could be slightly curved, but either way. And
0: then to the right of that, there's – somebody mentioned a ring. There's an obvious ring with a whole bunch of lineations on the object mm-hmm. just to the right of it. Could be. Mm-hmm. And I then, could and add
6: red lines. And
0: then in between, there's two pointy thingies that look like brackets. Right that look like they're rusted. They look like they're maybe iron because they're reddish rust. And they're sticking up out of the sand.
2: Like teeny little pyramids. Teeny, teeny little pyramids, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Does everybody realize that
5: that one is uh, an image from Gale Crater by Curiosity?
0: No, but we do now. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah,
5: because yeah, it's one of the ones where I was checking to see if uh,
0: And right the... below the ring which is a bluish object you see the bluish object right below the pyramids of the ring Mhm. it looks yep. like a cutaway with an old JVC video camera <laughs>
3: <laughs> Doesn't it? The, uh, yeah Yeah. Rich, I'm sorry, we blew by the bottom of the hour Blake. Oh, um, we'll just know, let, let it go, go to You
0: know, what's What's a good conversation when you're having one? Continue, Kintia. All
2: right. Okay. So let's move on to the next item, my item number nine. Number which nine. Is, number remember, nine. I kept saying, I want to talk about 14. Yes, 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 Ron's number 14. So I did two on Ron's number 14. So if you click on that.
0: Oh, this is a, a treasure trove. Oh, my God. Now,
2: oh, another one. Just a moment.
0: Meow, meow, meow. See, they all want attention. Remember when I used to do the show, Morala would sit to at the top of the yeah. stairs and bark at me because I was talking to you guys as opposed to her? They're, they're very egocentric at times. They want attention. Oh, and I'm missing tonight. I have no mice down here tonight. They obviously are not interested in this show tonight. Nobody showed up. Normally they do. They come and kind of scurry around and Remember, one went to sleep on the arm of the cat, which is in the corner of the studio one night. It's a, it's a big stuffed cat. It's not a real cat. So, okay. Oh, there it is. Let me stick
5: something in. Okay. If anybody wants to look at, uh, you don't have to do it right now, but the people at home, uh, number 27 uh, up under my name tonight is a larger segment of that same area in Kale Crater. I I, I knew I'd send it in. Yeah, it's because that's just a little tiny slice of it. So okay. you can play Where's Waldo and find where that little slice <laughs> was that I put out last week, or you can just look in there and uh, you might get a better view.
3: But okay. It's a, um, yeah. All slightly
0: right. Slightly better, res. Canthea has put one of her children out in the cold.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, I put him in another room. <laughs> okay. So I, it's
0: not see, cold here tonight, so I see a cornice. I see a
2: cornice. Yes,
0: the the uh,
2: one with the right angle up. At right the top. in
0: the middle of the top on the yep. hill, that thing sticking up is obviously mm-hmm. a building cornice with a double.
2: Right. You right. Know,
0: looks like something Would you put I... in a in a coping in a in a dining room.
2: Mhm. Mhm. So there are a couple things I want to draw attention to as we're looking at this. One is like we've been talking about the the geometry. Another is the texture notice the contrast of smooth
6: Mm -hmm.
2: contrast to rough okay and then there are these places where they're like again windows or holes again where things are leaning over and as you're looking at these Blocks. For example, the top circle, if you're looking at the bottom one, you see that area that's the top By the circle? way, dear,
0: this is really brilliant. The way you've compared them, the, the raw, and then the annotated, it's exactly what is needed.
2: Okay, great. So I'm looking at the top circle now. You look in the area above in the same photo in that same place. You can see the texture on the side facing you. It has a particular texture, and then you can see on the top where it was broken broken sculpture you can see it's just been broken it's a totally different texture if so it yep. was yep if it was the rock and when you click on it it gets texture.
0: much bigger so the texture really pops out
2: right so if it was if it was just a rock it would have the same texture and if it was just a rock the whole thing would have the same texture mm-hmm. but you see the one in the back on the left has Very textured, whereas the piece towards the front is smoother, and I go into that more in the next illustration. Now, I also want to point out, again, on the bottom left circle, if you look above, you'll see the contrast of those two pieces. One is smooth, carved, and it's lying next to another one, which is totally more natural-looking. It's, you know... It It
0: actually looks like it's honeycombed. Oh, if we just Mm -hmm. had twice the resolution, it looks like a 3D tilted, stacked honeycomb with lots and lots and lots of little holes and things connecting layers Mm -hmm. structurally. You know,
2: as you say that, as you say that, I'm looking at. Look at the top circle and now look at the piece just to the right. It's touching the right side of that top circle. Mm
6: -hmm. And look
2: at all those patterns again. That kind of honeycomb is really showing. You can see it now in several of the items.
0: Which I think is part of what John and I have been discussing, the smart architecture. Mm -hmm. Because it's nowhere near close enough, John, to see the circuits. But if we could get really close, I think all that detail would pop out in terms of there's something going on. They just didn't make it hollow, you know, honeycombed for no reason.
2: Right. And I want to point out to folks, you know, you can click on this twice. If you only click on it once, you're missing a lot of the detail. Yep. If you click on it a second time, it gets really large.
6: I'm so looking those... at
0: that cornice on the very top. And when you mm-hmm. click on it double and you get it really big, if you look on the right-hand side of that object, you see that thin hairline?
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Parallel to the cornice. Yeah, it looks like it's two objects, either cemented together, or bolted together, or some. In other words, they're not the. They're, there's two disparate thingies that have been put together mechanically.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm. Richard, it looks like angular cuts, like the work of uh,
0: Brian Forrester. Yeah, um, yeah, in uh, Peru.
2: And just under that cornice, you see the one that's sort of lay, lying over, cantilever. You, again, you see the texture of the rock, and then you see where it was broken apart, and then there's like some sand or something that's fallen on it. These contrasts of textures are showing you where it's broken, where it's sculpted, where you know. I'm looking at that bright object.
0: Uh, if we go back to your, your overlay with the lines, the cornice, which is the pyramid tilted at the top, then there's something in between. Then you've got mm-hmm. a red line, mm-hmm. okay? The thing below the red line is brilliant, bright reflection. It's got flat, polished sides, and it's a right-angle cornice. It's obviously an artificial block of some kind. The bright one, just below your red line, surrounded by all the black.: The
2: red line on the left or the
0: The one look at the cornice, all right? Yes. Then you go down to that bright thing that looks like a kind of a, a rock, what do you call it a rock? Then below that you have another horizontal red line. and below that you've got that bright object, which is obviously two sides of a cornice because it's sharp right angles. It's a corner with flat, mm-hmm. polished sides which does not happen in nature. And it's surrounded and by all that black shadow.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah.
2: And if you look in the in the uh, top circle there, where the part where I was showing about the contrast of the sides, you can see that when on you, the right... When
0: you say circle, you mean the ovals, right? The pink ovals? My, yeah,
2: the pink ovals. No. Yeah, my overlay, the pink ovals. So in that one, you can see that it's been sliced or just chopped and that's parallel where you where you have
0: the double red lines
2: right and then in front of it there's a block again you can see again it's like it's been broken mm-hmm. and it's very clear another thing that really intrigues me is you look at the regarding the overlay the lower right hand circle that little stone look at if you look at it
0: When you say circle, you mean oval, oval.
2: Yes, I mean the pink oval. That's correct. Pink oval. So if you look at the pink oval, you'll see the red line, which is tracing this object and its shadow. then scan above, and you would see like you could almost miss it, except that the shadow gives it away. You see how it's suspended? It's sticking out. Are we talking the
0: lower right-hand pink oval?
2: Yes, Ah. the lower right Right, with, so with, if, with
0: the green outline of the shadow.
2: Right, right. So if you scroll up so you're not looking at the lines and you're just looking at the item itself, Yep. you can see how it almost is lost, but the shadow is what's telling you what's there. It's the same kind of thing when I was sculpting the face. It was the shadows that were indicating the form that is actually there. The because three-dimensional shape, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look at it and... You really can't tell—is it flat? Is it—is it distorted because it's at an angle? There's—but when you have a shadow, then that's another clue. So you see this little rock thing or whatever it is—it's suspended there. You can see the shadow, and you can see the space. It's almost as though it was levitating. Of mm. course, it's not. There must be something on the other side holding it well, up.
0: Well, maybe not.
2: Remember, you think it's
0: levitating? I've got a crystal clear example from Opportunity of a perfect sphere levitating in an Opportunity shot above the surface with a shadow. So Mm -hmm. when Ron's falling rocks came to our attention and someone Mm -hmm. said, maybe it's the local anti-gravity field of whatever technology we're looking at, that's not not an off-the-wall idea. That's a very viable – remember, any sufficiently advanced technology – is indistinguishable from magic but
2: from all these all this time after we're not
4: seeing the energy fields that are
0: surrounding oh, okay.
2: this rock
4: all right and okay. this image uh, reminds me of the last scene of planet of the apes <laughs> oh, <it> charlton <laughs>
6: heston
4: <laughs> is riding on his horse and he's like oh no <laughs>
0: Okay, I want to try and okay. experiment. I'm going to make people in the audience mad because it's not outlined, but I'm going to try to explain simply how to, how to get there and how to see it. Um, you see oh. in the bottom image of Kinthia's composite, the three ovals, two smaller ones and one slightly bigger, right?
2: This is my number nine.
0: Yep, yep. All right. The, the, the top pink oval, very nice fluorescent pink. You want to draw a line between the right edge of the oval and the left edge of the oval. You want to bisect the oval. So you mm-hmm. draw a line right down or right across the center. And then you keep extending it to the left, to mm-hmm. across that very knobbly surfaced thing that's mm-hmm. in the background. The head. That or head,
2: something else. Well... Yeah.
0: What I see about one uh, half the diameter of the oval away to the left along that line is what looks to be a sculptured bird of prey, either a falcon or an eagle with a sharp beak, two eyes, it's tilted, it's looking toward the oval, uh, Mm -hmm. toward the right, Mm.
2: and it's gorgeous. Oh, I see what you're speaking of. Well, it could be. I have some other suggestions in the in the following images, but it certainly could be that. That's the thing is, you know, these things are eroded. We can't be exactly sure how they were originally, except that, they're well, above not,
6: that, that they are artificial. Above know that.
0: that, you know, John, do you see all that rectilinear stuff looks like piping? Sure. That's yes. that's That's exposed something inside this quote unquote rock which is really technology it's conduits it's piping it's plumbing it's something exposed in the matrix of what we're calling a rock which in fact could be a piece of smart architecture but you can see some of the rectilinear um th- and you can see them across the top going back toward the uh, uh oval but above it somewhat above it you can see shadows you can see three dimensional tubular surfaces and they're parallel they're they're dangling at an angle 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 from the vertical
4: so this is if we had some go ahead sorry
0: well this is obviously exposed stuff inside and i doubt that it's rock which means it's some material which when it weathers it looks like rock but god knows what it really was when it was new
4: right if we had some magic glasses, we'd <laughs> likely see some energy fields surrounding certain rocks. Possibly. Possibly. Mm-hmm.
0: Kinthea asked a very important yeah. question. She said, after all this time, Kinthea, we're talking about a solid state technology that once you mold it and connect it to the field, it goes and goes and goes forever. It's oh, like superconductivity.
3: That's really great.
0: Yeah, it's self-sustaining. Mm-hmm.
3: No, i like the, it. yeah go ahead has anybody notice the car in the middle that she has the diagonal two lines on the back side of and it the looks car? like there's a i don't man, see a car sitting in the in the side window the driver what? see
0: this I is see the problem talking I see,
6: about. Yeah. this
3: is the problem with <laughs> yeah, art it's so interpretive
6: right well,
3: look closely where the wind the window would be for the driver and look very closely and tell me you don't see a head in there with a nose.
2: I can't find the car. I, the car? I can't either. You know. use,
0: the use, use, the, use the one with the lines on it. Okay, there's two diagonal
3: parallel lines on the back side of this. Inside the big in the, pink oval, right? Yep, inside the okay, big so pink oval. Okay, so now we got
0: the red lines at, at an angle. Now
4: right. what? Is that yes. a VW? Yeah, something
3: like that.
2: <laughs> oh, and, come on, guys. I'm still oh, at
4: the red oh,
0: line. No,
2: let's move on to my next illustration. <laughs> you guys are off in the weeds.
3: I don't
0: see it. Yeah, there's
2: I there's, I, there's I, a I pattern agree. on
3: the side of the door. I mean, if there, that was
0: Keith, a door. No.
2: <laughs> I don't
0: see it. Sorry, let's move on, Contilla. Go ahead.
2: Number I'll 10. Let's go to number 10. 10. Oh, serpents. <laughs> number 10. Serpents Blow Blow that Wow. Yeah. Okay, so in number wow. 10 again I've got what I've done here is I've I've connected the top one and the bottom to show you qualities, the characters of of uh sculptures in the past on Mars and in our own past. So you see and you got my of,
0: and you got my falcon head perfectly outlined in a yellow oval. Right.
2: Right, but I'm connecting it, see, to these curly cues. See the curly cues yeah, sure, that are on sure, both of the sure. sculptures on the bottom? Yeah, it yeah. could be a falcon, but it could also be this pattern that's the serpent kind of curling in on itself kind of thing. And then I'm also connecting... I swear, let me
0: interrupt here. I swear that the object in the, in the yellow oval to the right of that Looks like a sleeping sea lion.
5: (laughs) It's a serpent head. It's just right. It just hasn't got a lot of detail. Looks
0: very happy.
5: Eyes Mm -hmm. closed.
2: Well, I'll add a few more illustrations here. (laughs) But you'll also notice that in the, uh, I've got a line going from the texture of, it's between the two yellow circles, the yellow line. Right. And it's pointing to the texture that you see on the green serpent below and also on the patterning on the right sculpture. No, it, it, below it, that. It, it, it's so, a
0: beautiful comparison to how the art as a gestalt is formed by individual elements.
2: And what I'm wanting to show is that the contrast of the texture there might be carved texture that they were carving like scales or mm-hmm. some pattern uh-huh. it might not just be natural it might be the contrast of the carving of a scale pattern
6: right.
2: contrasted by the smooth muscle patterns and the other thing I want that first caught my eye in the first place is when you see on the top photo these kind of undulating curves that reminded me of this serpent, like you can imagine that there's some sculpture that's undulating, and then it's broken apart, and the pieces have come down. Yep, yep. By uh, the way,
0: that just will re- go, go ahead, Ron. Uh,
5: no, that just reminded me of something on that Chinese uh, technical paper which you. Uh, haven't gotten to yet, but they make a reference. They're talking about the tracks of the rover. They're a little uh, zorong, and um, they're trying to make excuses for the places where it seems to drive over
0: a piece of. Um, Speaking of Chinese, we're at the bottom. No, we're at the top of the hour.
2: Oh, well, we got to It's the witching
0: morning. hour. Hey guys, my guests this morning too numerous to mention. They're listed on the website. They have names like Ron and John and Rogero and Kinthea keith you can look them up and we're talking about artwork on mars earlier in the program we were talking about the chinese landing next to an incredibly artistic set of ruins and running like hell in the opposite direction you're on the other side of midnight my name is richard c hoagland we'll return to mars shortly don't touch that dial Welcome back, everyone, to The Other Side of Midnight. It is now Monday morning. No, it's Sunday morning in the Land of Enchantment. I'm the day ahead. It's actually midnight, so it's uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And uh, we have many guests. Uh, Kinthea is going through a tour de force of very carefully companioned, illustrated images from both uh, Perseverance and Curiosity, showing not only architecture, engineering blocks but obviously fractured works of art Uh, and you know you have to ask yourself what in the world happened to shatter and fracture all this artwork into the proverbial million pieces how did that happen and when
2: all (laughs) righty that was your cue That's my cue. Okay, this is my last item, number 11. Click on number 11. Okay. And this is not to say that the circles say this is what it is. What I'm basically showing here is, again, the contrast of how in a sculpture, in the sculpture below, it's a serpent man, and you can see his skin is very smooth, and the muscles are, like, delineated the same way as in that piece above. And then there's the pattern in the serpent legs, which is like the other rest of the sculpture. So mm. I'm basically showing you how a sculpture can incorporate these two levels of texture going on. And then in the bottom right, it's just a head that's fallen off. And you can see if it first blush, you might not even recognize it's a head. But in fact, it is. If you look more closely, you'll see. And this is on Earth. I'm sorry, I right. don't know where it is. Right. But it's just to give an idea, this sculpture isn't very old. Now, imagine when it's on Mars and it's, you know, millions of years old and eroded. You're not going to see even, you know, nowhere near that detail. So we're lucky to see what we're seeing. And I just think that this piece that Ron found is is exquisite. There's so many clues in that one little area there that just jump out, jump out at you.
0: Mm. Anybody have any 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 reactions? Anybody else? Ron?
5: Well, I have to throw in that. Yeah, you have no idea how many areas there are like that.
0: There's so much of this.
5: And I'm just I'm just overjoyed that uh, Kinthia dove into this because that's see, that's the problem. I mean, I, I try to be very, I try to be very rigorous when I do the pictures, there's stuff that I could do to make them look better that I don't, because I don't want somebody to say that I fiddled with it or Photoshopped anything. And, uh, you know, but when somebody has the freedom to draw all the arrows and the lines and stuff (laughs) and explain them, and give them context, uh, like she did, it doesn't matter whether it's the way that i see it or not i think that a lot of this stuff was seen many ways by different people so it's but it's a way to make people realize that it's there's more than just boxes you know you you have to there's an artistic side to this because their whole uh lifestyle whatever it was was very well the gaia fans would have loved it you know and that they they seem to emulate nature every time they could
0: well the other thing we need to keep in mind is we're not looking at one culture and we're not looking at one culture among many at a contemporary period we're looking at an immense swath of time maybe as cynthia just said millions of years and the weird thing is because the oldest may have been protected by whatever catastrophe sloshed all kinds of mud and material over everything Uh, 66 million years ago and it's now eroding you could have the oldest stuff look the newest because it's fallen out of the woodwork recently in terms of martian time and the and the newest stuff could look much older because it's been sitting exposed because it's part of a much later civilization putting together the timeline for the all the different cultures that arose and fell and arose and fell Again and again on a deteriorating Mars is going to be incredibly interesting, and obviously we're not going to really have a clue unless we find the libraries. Ah, uh, can I give
5: my theory about the library, yeah, of Richard? Yeah, Yeah, there's one over on. A, oh, and f- but first that <laughs> picture that you you couldn't identify, Cynthia, of the fallen head, the one that you added. Yes. It Kind of looks Greek uh, to me. I know it does, but if you look at the uh, the face itself, is on the right side, looking down, like he landed on his chin. And uh, it's Mayan, because I can, you can see part of uh, Mayan ruins in the background. I, I'm almost tempted oh, to say no. that. It
2: looks- no, no, no. I what I do don't you think mean it- the face is on the right? No, the ear is up. It's, it's, it's the head's left ear. The nose is on the left. The eyes, the beard.
6: Yeah, I'm looking
0: at the curly beard. That's not Mayan. They never did curly. beard. No, beards.
6: this is
2: not
0: Mayan. No, this is this is Greek or Roman, probably Greek. Yeah, I think
6: it's like
0: I think it's Greek. Maybe. It's okay. Um, look
5: at that bit of a ruin you can see in the back. That's classic Mayan.
2: No, I'll I I cropped it from another photo. I'll send it to you, Ron. we'll, we'll actually get the there's app. a okay. way
0: there's a way in Google that you can actually find out what this is. It's a Google match. I've yeah, I've well, used it. I,
6: have, this. Oh, that, I, I
0: have used it, it randomly drop- but it actually does work. My bet mm-hmm. is it's Greek on some island, maybe Greece itself. Mm. The, well, well anyway, if it's on some
5: but, island, if it's like on Cyprus or Malta, it's not necessarily Greek. But yeah, okay. I, my first thought was classical, but I looked at the profile, and it doesn't look like a classical profile.
0: It looks do like Do we a know? Oh, so it's
2: from under the chin, Ron. You're, yeah, you're exactly. It's tilted back. Chin.
0: You know. Yeah. Now, For do, short Do we do we know the cultural derivation of the big freeze in the middle? uh with the, the two feature the two characters
2: i have i have to find it i was doing that just as i was putting up the show i thought oh let me look again well look at the similarity
0: so, in, in the beards
2: yeah yeah that's why similar. i tell
0: yeah well let's not get lost in the weeds
2: yeah. <laughs> why not back to mars why not? we have we have <laughs> uh ruggiero's images still and we've got yes. some new ones from ron so i'm complete yeah okay. super
0: super amazingly good presentation kinthea it's it's clearer, and the comparisons are wonderful, and the annotations are perfect. And Rogero, let me turn to you. Um, you've Hello. had you've had probably a, a few days to think about the stunning imagery from MRO looking down on where the Chinese landed. What do you think of the ruins, which are the feature of tonight's banner for the show?
8: Are you uh, referencing my item number one?
0: I believe so. Yes. And if you want to know how to get there, you basically go to the guest page, click on Ruggiero's items, and that will take you directly to his section of Radio with Pictures. And there at 90 degrees to the appropriate uh, view is starting on number one is the MRO image of the crater or, you know, cavity or depression. 1,500 feet across with the two wing like features at the bottom forms his first item. Go for it.
8: Okay. We looked at this, I believe, last week, and mm-hmm. an image popped up of uh, my item number one. Not, when I first looked at it, I couldn't see anything. I was like, what are you guys talking about? And then just relaxed my eyes, and then I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at that. And um, what, what I first saw is uh, two faces that uh, jumped out at me, one to the left, the upper left, and one to the slightly lower right of the circle and I was looking at the wings I was like well that doesn't make any sense they kind of look like wings but what are they and then I rotated the image around and I uh, managed to get a third let's call it sculpture or structure that reminded me of like a, a ram and um, so the first thing that this this image spoke to me about is a is a chimera um, so You've got a double, double-ended, double-headed creature. In, in
0: So when you say chimera, you don't mean an American Camaro sports car. You mean a um, chimera, which was a what? Doppelganger or a um,
8: the, representation? The phrase, when I used Wikipedia to get the, uh, the a general phrase on, on that, and it can be used in a different contexts, but it, it means a, a creature of uh, mixed genetics.
7: Ah,
0: okay
8: right anyway, and with the, with the symbolism of uh you know a double-headed creature or one you know one eating its tail you know that can be representative of galaxies like a, like a swirling galaxy you aware of that
0: yes yes yeah
8: so Absolutely. when i when i then got into this picture i was right, i need to firstly draw it so my, the first thing i did was i got my sketch pad out I wanted to draw it freehand without any – sometimes I trace, so there was no tracing going on, okay? I didn't measure anything. I just let my eye play around with what I was seeing.
0: Okay, so Uh, people can line up where they are. Um, If you click click on this once, it gets very large on your screen. If you click on it twice, it gets really large on the screen. And as I said, um, in this version, it's been rotated – 90 degrees left from the way MRO took it. So the features we're calling the wings are in the middle and they're oriented up and down, vertically up and down. The object you sketched is the bright feature to the immediate left of the two vertical wings with the pinions. Um, And and we're going to talk about the detail that you see in that
6: area.
8: The other... The other two areas are just as important so if we went uh we've made this into a clock face so the um first call it face image would be at 10 o'clock and if we did a diagonal line directly in it's opposite we'd be at four o'clock okay. so what we can see is i've uh, called it a well i think it looks like a a, a camel.
0: And, you, this, you, and this is your uh, sketch,
8: 1.1. Yeah, 1.1. So you've got a dra- an Iguana face, or a dragon face. Then you've got, that's on the left. You've got the camel face to the right. And centrally, you've got the uh, winged ram creature, which to see it properly, you actually need to rotate image one upside down, which is later down through my thread. Following me?
0: Yes. Go
8: All ahead. Right. Okay. Right, So I'll start with, let's zip on to, if we go, I want everyone to firstly look at uh, the iguana face and just study on the sketch, the, the detail i put in. Uh, in particular, there's a, a, the dragon feature, there's a, a broken section of like a moustache. Okay. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. And then you go back to the original image and you'll see that coming out. So it looks very, very much like the dragon imagery that you'll see in Chinese mythology, okay? The detail, my oh my gosh moment, was when I I changed the color and I went on to image number three, bright eye. And you look at the eye and you can see the line through the middle of the eye.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, when I click on it, it gets very large on my screen. So oh. it's better to see it the way it is on the page.
8: Anyone else see that? Right. Yeah, I see it. Yep. And then Image 3.1, where I used uh, on the Apple Apple Mac, I used the magnifying tool, and it brings out even more detail in the eye. Okay. It looks so you're
0: organic. seeing this as an ancient ruin, vast a mega work of art
8: yes yeah, i am exactly that okay it's it's depicting it appears to be depicting uh three different species
0: um well they're reptilian. all they're all reptilian iguanas and dragons and you
8: know um, no no richard um because on my sketch 1.1 1. 1, i'm showing an iguana which is a reptilian the, uh, one form of mammalian which would be something like camel and a third one oh, okay. which is depi- depicted very mixed species and when I sent Kymphia some links, I showed some stuff at the British Museum where you've got the Sumerian um, body of a horse, head of a man with wings on the back and that's what it, it was reminding me of. Now it's mm. not the same as the two sticking up, you have to rotate my image, um, and so that would be the best one. Would be image number image number four. When you look centrally, you'll see what looks like a ram with an up and a down wing on it, and that is very similar to the stuff you see either in Egypt or Sumeria. Mm. You have to study this stuff. It's not. It doesn't jump straight out at you. But yeah, I see get, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: See, I'm, uh, Rogero, I, I've, I've got to tell you, I have a visceral reaction against seeing things like this because I know how ancient and how much erosion. And it's mm. like how much of the art would be preserved given the vicissitudes of the environment over how mm. much period of time and the randomness of impacts of volcanic activity. I mean, geological time is terrible to man-made or artificially made things. It destroys them really quickly. So even on this scale, you know, Richard, I don't
5: see, see a lot of erosion. I know everybody always talks about that and the, uh, because it's the only uh, admitted erosion they have. The rest, they just assume it and they talk about it sideways. Emily Dickinson, if you
6: will. Well, when the, I look uh, at
0: my enhancements, I see lots and lots of erosion. I see fragments. I see things that should continue. They're cut off. There's a lot of erosion here. The question is, well, how much of the work of art will survive? The reason the face on Mars is so recognizable, it's so huge. You know, it's a mile from from top to bottom and three quarters of a mile side to side. This is 1,500 feet, if we think of the Depression. Less mass, less material to, to erode. We don't know the materials. It's obviously in the surface, which, again, going back to that Chinese paper, that we're going to talk about briefly. Uh The surface is very friable and frangible. It's powdery. It's not solid. It's not rock. It's, it's sand. It's, it's, it's detritus. It's been pulverized. So then the question is, if it's pulverized, what is it pulverized from? Obviously any structured, you know, coherent work of art is going to get less and less coherent as time goes on. So I'm, I'm just cautioning everybody you know, on this scale, the art could be there and Ruggiero could be seeing, you know, a, a kind of a ancient impression. I mean, Ruggiero, we have to account for the fact that maybe you're seeing part of this with an inner eye that is seeing it when it was new because maybe at some point, John will love this, you were there. <laughs>
5: Last word on that, the, uh, from me, the, uh, <clears throat> some of these things can be seen better from farther away because of the, because of the very things you're talking
4: about.
0: I you call know, that the overall... Gigi phenomenon. Remember my Gigi <laughs> analogy? <clears throat> the, oh, uh, sure. the major 50s film was Leslie Caron and uh, Marie Chevalier, and Maurice there's this Chevalier. great song, Have I Been Standing Up Too Close or Back Too Far? That's the problem with this mega art. There's a distance where the original, despite the erosion, can kind of come into focus. And if you're too close, to use another mangled metaphor, you're going to see the brushstrokes. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see the art.
5: Well, in the For case sure. of the Martians, you're going to see something. You're going to. See, you're not just going to see brushstrokes because they they loved doing that in a cascade in a cascading style. You will see different things. I. Anybody that wants to check that out, go do your own research on Robertson Crater. The stuff in there is very good at that. The closer you get, the more it changes. But it it looks just as convincing at each phase. So I wouldn't cut anything that Roger is saying off just because it might. No,
0: but I'm giving people cautionary. You have to look at this from several different nuanced perspectives as opposed to just, sure, it's either binary. It's there or it's not. It's more more complex and subtle. Absolutely. Uh,
4: And we don't have any, there's no greenery, there's no trees, there's no water, there's no, this would all have been lighted up. When they made these rocks, um, imagine Niagara Falls, and at night they have these lights on. They light it.
0: Oh, did you, you, John, John, I've got to interrupt here.
4: When I was having dinner
0: at El Tavar one, one afternoon with one of the park people, I made the stupid suggestion that they light up the Canyon at Grand Canyon at night. He practically threw me out of the restaurant. They were so affronted because I kept thinking, you know, they have all these diners sitting there with these gorgeous windows. And in the middle of the night, you could be sitting in lower Manhattan with a power failure because you can't see what's right outside the window. If they lit it. Oh my, his reaction was viscerally very, very negative.
4: <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, so when I look at Victoria Crater and I see on where Mars, it was on Mars on Mars, these beautiful waterfalls coming down and the rocks around and behind. It's all carved of course, but they also they put something in the rock, it's that circuitry again where kind of like water runs over limestone um and it releases free electrons from the lion's there's it would light up the whole i mean they they really had some serious technological And again i
0: raised the question <clears throat> john are you seeing something or are you remembering something mm-hmm. good <laughs> question <laughs> do you see the ig- iguana yeah yeah you know, i i i, I, I I just am a scientist. I don't, you know, I'm not an yeah. artist. I'm not Kinthea. So I look at this as the, the elements have created what we're seeing. And I know the history and I know the age roughly. And I know that subtleties are erased by time. And I know this stuff can't be a day younger than a few million years. Certainly not like some of the other stuff we're seeing. And when you look at the details of what I call the wings, there's yeah. such geometric structural architectural detail there that looks so much newer than the rest of this complex, the rest of this, you know, these environs at 1500 foot bowl that I actually yeah. asked myself going up to my items. And let's take a look up at my items. Look at my number nine, number nine, click on number nine of Richard's items, scroll left and right. This is a comparison uh-huh. between the, structures on Mars, the Zurong ruins, and this incredible flying machine in the movie John Carter from the Burroughs books, and there's an incredible similarity. Now, is that real? I don't know, but seen the movie. It's, it's like, where did, where did, yeah, of course, I've seen the movie several times. Where did the artists who created those, those right. incredible models for the movie, where did they get their ideas?
6: Yeah,
4: anyway. were they I, thought to st- go ahead you see when I uh, oh I'm sorry go ahead I
8: was when I look at this stuff uh, Richard and everyone and the audience I'm coming from the perspective firstly as a you know I'm a biological scientist uh, through my work and my profession and, and my job is to um, assess detail you know every single day and I look at the look at the structure particularly of the the looks like the um, iguana art and once I've seen it I'm struggling to unsee it and I'm not sure if people can can see the anatomy uh, sticking out quite clearly and, and defined of the the iguana it just looks so biological and it's very clever you know if this is a piece of art that we're looking at it's so clever how it's been designed into the into the background um you can just go on Google and do, do a you know search of iguana and then look at the face. I mean, he's even got an eye with a. With
0: okay, a let me let me let me leap to the end. If if, if this is exactly what you say it could be, if mm-hmm. we're if we're all seeing the same intended in, intended intended art, what's mm-hmm. the message? Art always has a meaning, a message, a communication. What would you think interpreting it? the message of this artwork would be.
8: I think it's mixed, Richard. I think it's got a, a a space, a cosmological type, type message where we see, um, you know, like galactic shapes, galactic time, where you got the, the, the head of one creature eating the tail of another. I think that's in there. I think there's something about genetics. I think there's something about mythology and culture and, there's uh, just something about species as well. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I need to draw it again, you know, and I, need, I probably need to have a chat with you about the different types of cultural meanings on Earth that we would depict from this picture and if it's the same type of thing because they're also Earth-type creatures. That's my relationship of looking at it. You know, they're the same type of stuff we see back here. Would you Ron, Ron it you know, why, don't you,
0: why don't you talk to the uniqueness of these features Compared to anything else we've seen on Mars.
5: Well, they do. You did find a good match in those uh, in those in that those dragonfly craft there from the Burroughs thing, but and they are an accurate representation of the way that uh, Burroughs described that stuff in the books. Some stuff he described in great detail, and that unfortunately for some included the the airships. You know, so they have good descriptions to come from. So Lynn Carter and Frazetta and everybody else that's done artwork, um, uh, Roy G. Krinkle, uh, You know, they're all working from the same basis, and that sure looks like it. That was the first thing I thought. I said, "It looks like that big goddamn boat." I don't understand. You know, that's before you turn it. It's when it's this orientation. But um, the um, well, yeah, when I'd the wings them, are
0: horizontal, it's the way the the imagery took. You know, the MRO took the picture. And, yeah, and that just. That, but see, I, I look at all brilliant. the I look at all the engineering and geometric detail of the wings, and these are vast architect complexes, and they're like almost a, each a thousand feet long. They're not tiny. Oh yeah. And they have oh, no. stunning sub detail, <clears throat> and yet in terms of art, they could form a gestalt where the big picture is equal to more than the sum of the parts, which is what good art oh, well, is. Oh,
5: Rivera was right. They mean different, to, you know, it will mean different things to different eyes because it was supposed to in the first place. It's multi-layer contextual. And it's that. that's one thing that makes it different than ours, more complex. The closest that we came to it, and maybe there's a connection, was during the psychedelic 60s. Remember all the, uh, they usually call it Grateful Dead art. It was just, they were just one of many. Those posters were all the letters that kind of morphic
0: shapes and they crammed together. Hmm. Okay, what, let's you know, hold it there.
5: It's all kind of melty. Yeah. We,
0: we have one half hour to go. Um, I'm not quite sure where we're going to go. We probably should go to Ron, because Ron has some new things to talk about. And then we can have a free-for-all at the end of the program. <clears throat> You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. The Chinese landed next to ruins and ran at warp nine. Why? We shall return. Thank you. everyone last half hour on this Saturday night Sunday morning on the other side of midnight I've got a lot of interesting people with a lot of interesting things to say so let me go back to the panel and open their pot and uh, we interrupted ourselves in mid-flight Ron I think you were you were talking go ahead Ron
5: Oh, I'm here. There you sorry. are. No I didn't problem. Think anybody was back there. Yeah. The um thought the ba- I thought the break might run a little longer to make up for the other one, but
6: you no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
5: Sorry about that. <clears throat> oh, all right. We're back. Okay. I'm sorry if you asked me something I missed it. I had to
0: the... Oh, you were in the middle of something before the break and I just wanted you to continue. Oh, yeah. I was just
5: Boom. I uh, was just defending the idea that these, uh, the artistic part of this stuff can't really be simultaneously appreciated with the, um, uh, if you're hide bound on being, you know, t- looking at it from an engineering standpoint, it's different things. It's, uh, cause we, you're right, we never really know the orientation of these things unless it's, you know, very, very simple, blatant thing like the head of a reptile or a uh sculpture or something. And in the case of this, um the uh there's very artistic but I think they're architecture because if you go if you click through to get one of the large get the largest version and people zoom in on that, uh you'll see there's there were obviously buildings and stuff there. It's a um, uh I compared it to the Bonaventure Hotel, which is the one they blew up at the beginning of uh Independence Day with all the People with a sign standing on the roof, going "Hi, aliens! Hi, aliens!" and they blew up and they wiped out the city of L.A. with that as an epicenter. Uh, yeah, they're hollow, you know. And it looks like this whole complex where these uh, wings—that's that's still a good name for them—are uh, uh, located is um, was a huge, probably an arcology. I mean, we don't know. They could have been flipped over. They could have been a completely, you know, flipped them. Flip them over to the left from you know the way they look here. Uh, that could have been their original orientation. We just don't know, do we?
0: We don't so, know, uh, and and that's part of the puzzle. So you have a lot of images here. I see a lot of them from last week. Since we don't have much time, let's not do. Redundancy. Yeah, no, there's only like two. Yeah, there's only like two. New okay, ones. so and go to the, the new ones.
5: Yeah. The old ones are up there because Kinthea thought it was a good idea to leave them available if, in case anybody missed this last week. Right. So running past them at a, at a breakneck clip, since we're talking about glyphs and perceptions and stuff, if you look at number 22 when you get a chance, that's from a recent shot from Curiosity, which, by the way, everyone should know this so that they can start protesting. Uh, the original Curiosity archives are no longer available. Why? If you go looking for a raw file at Curiosity, you get uh, that same interface that they're, they've used for the new programs, like for Perseverance. Mm-hmm. And you pick the file and you look through it, and what you get back, and I can't find any way to download the full size images. You you just get the half size
0: image. Hmm. So the, uh, uh, the yeah, I, I thought mm, myself. Well, is that because and, it's uh, it's so so long? I mean, Curiosity's been there forever. You know, how many years, how many decades, you know? So have they migrated the good images over to the planetary data system?
5: Uh, I haven't found them there. Somebody send me a link if they found it. Uh, Anyway, number 25. No, wait, wait. wait. Let's go back to
0: 22. You said 22. Why? You want to?
5: Oh, what's on 22? Come on. Oh, well, at, at its current scale. And I'm looking at it myself this moment on a phone. Yeah. You know, so at that current, you know, at that current small scale, just looking at it, what you will see is a um, uh, couple of black and whites. And those are glyphs that are visible on some of the new curiosity stuff. And if you blow it up too much, you won't see them, you know, because they're nothing but black and white pictures. But they probably are the glyphs they look like from the minimum size. Which is what I was just saying before. So they, uh, I can't decipher them, so I, I can't say more. And then you go through the rest. But twenty-five is an
0: Why did we? Why why, why? 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 Why did we skip twenty-three? Oh well, we talked about it last week. Oh well, then you're mixing in old ones and new ones. Okay. No,
5: this is just the stuff from last week. And for some reason, the one that followed twenty-three is missing because twenty-three is simply a raw. Uh, panorama. It's two frames that I stitch together without doing, you know, much of anything to them.
6: Right. And
5: um, so that's pretty much the raw frames stitched together. So then people see how that works. I see a uh, lot of mechanical know, stuff.
0: Pretty... Okay, moving on. We don't have a lot of time. Oh yeah, right, right.
5: The enhanced version of that. In the background, where all you see is mist, you see part of Gale City. So there's a whole city back there, and I don't know where that image went. It was up last week. Anyway, number twenty-five, uh, blue and red, blue and brown. That's the latest image from the reconnaissance orbiter of the loca- location of um, Perseverance. And theoretically, a little bit to the right of center, there's a wh- very distinctive white spot in the m- middle of the photograph, and they say that's Perseverance.
0: It is uh, Perseverance. So
5: that's just Okay so that's just a look at the, an aerial a new aerial look at the area around where perseverance happens to be now. Hmm. That's, um,
0: I see uh, you did not use that. you did not use the ingenuity
5: mosaic darn.
0: So uh
5: I didn't have time I didn't have time to uh send it in. Yeah that's, um, that's uh, sorry that's um okay. There's so much at the 20 cell. minutes uh,
0: left.
5: 20, yeah 20 well I'll be done in two. Uh, 26 uh, is just interesting cuz there's a hole in it i mean it's uh again a bit to the right of center and a bit up uh the uh, if you look it's an arch you can see through it you can see the landscape behind it i just found that you, and it's obviously artificial you know you wouldn't you're not going to get that from the erosion
0: no nope. flat on nope. one nope.
5: side with a piece of glass and and so forth uh so it simple means Yes. And uh, number 27 is that same one that you were discussing earlier, except this is the uh, a larger segment of the full panorama that I did that I pulled it out of. So it's kind of over to the left. The uh, like I said, you can play where's Waldo and find the exact spot, but you can see there's a lot of stuff around there. I just in case anybody was curious. Number 28 is an old, old, old one from Spirit, which I just found the other day. And Richard, you've already seen it and dismissed it. So we'll see what anybody else says. It's uh they it was uh Well nothing fall. nothing
0: I'm sorry, nothing obvious leaps out at me, so
5: what okay, am I well, what am I supposed to see? the close up is the one is the panel on the right on side. The right, okay. Uh the color the color is false because they're their picture, which was a press release photo of the full frame, which is on the left, uh, is is blue and stuff. But it's not correct color either because they didn't include those filters. They just happened to not take a picture, of the fr- uh, a picture there with the right colors or the right filters. Okay, so, so we see a color.
0: triangular uh, bifacial, quote, rock in the upper left, and then you go to the right and you zoomed in. And it's the full frame. Why is yeah, no, it? Interesting?
6: It's
5: the thing in between. Neither neither of those rocks, boulders, uh, sculptures, whatever they are, are the things of interest. It's the thing lying on the ground between them.
0: See, we've never know that. Yeah, there's no there's no arrow. It's not outlined. Hint hint. Okay, so it's yeah. the white thing between them. No, not the white
5: thing. It's just. Contiguous to both, but it's just in between the two of them. And on the right side of it, you'll notice there's, an, there's a tube sticking out, kind of like uh, one of the oculars on a pair of binoculars, if they want a comparison. But on the other side, and you have to look at the larger version. Remember, folks, these are the these are the web-friendly things. You have to click on it, look at the bigger one. But there's something. It looks like a strip of metal with evenly
0: spaced holes. I, I can see that. that yes. Okay. It, it's yeah, it's, it's I, right tucked under the corner of the big object. Yeah. Well, when yeah. you said so between, I that was between is not a useful, and there definitely appears to be something very mechanical with a cylindrical part and a cubical yeah. part, and then kind of like a flat strip with slots in it, like it was a copper right. strip or a brass strip with some complex mm-hmm. geometry at the end. In other words, mechanical-looking things in a place where there should be nothing mechanical.
5: Yeah, it looks like one of those. It looks like one of those old-fashioned metal strip collars you would use when you're plumbing. Mm-hmm. You know, to like cinch things up. The the ancestor of the uh, zip ties. Yep. The, those of us yep. of a fri- of a frisky occupation may have run into it one time or another. Uh, the um, anyway, number twenty nine is a it's it's illustration. That's why it's got a funny title. But the at the top that is. Uh, one of the pictures taken by Rosetta of um sixty seven P uh Gersamayev Chernyenko, the everybody's favorite asteroid to mispronounce. Comet uh, Comet. Not an asteroid. It's a comet. Comet. Oh, see I even get that wrong. Uh but it's the uh, yeah, that's that looks to be a whole big cliff covered with glyphs. Somewhat Mayan looking. But there's mm-hmm. other stuff embedded Possibly. in there too. It's just Okay. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of articulation of interest yeah, right below it, uh that's a typical chunk of a glyphic wall from uh Guatemala. Um it's some Mayan stuff just for compare, rough comparison. Um uh but the pièce de Resistance is number thirty. There's a technical paper from um which Richard found somewhere the one and only technical paper released by the chinese about their um
0: well i found it on the mission. site of the folks that love to hate me unmannedspaceflight.com cuz they're, they're 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 in their uh, main 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 mainstream squeaky mainstream but they have really cool sources uh, original oh, sources yeah. so there's this original chinese scientific peer reviewed paper which just came out with a link at umsf so i borrowed it and sent it to Ron. In fact, I think I sent it around to everybody. And Ron found it useful and read it. And I said in my little note to him, I said, what's wrong in quotes with this? And so Ron will uh, tell you what I thought was wrong with it.
5: Okay. I just, yeah, they
0: don't say anything. Exactly. It goes on for 40 pages with nothing said. All kinds of references and arrows and circles on the back, like Arlo Guthrie and 1500 different authors with all their Chinese institutions and several pages of nothing but differential equations and it all says nothing, nothing.
5: Yeah, yeah. plus the uh, included illustrations in the paper uh, look to me to be better quality than the stuff that they released publicly anyway. And I didn't recognize this image from anywhere, you know, this particular image of the rover. Or the uh, lander. Yep. Uh, I no, it looks different, but there you have nicely centered. Of course, the um, so we're talking about uh, number Chinese
0: thirty, flat. and he's yeah. brightened it up a bit so we can see into the shadow, and it yeah, looks like.
5: Here. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it, it looks like it's, squat, it's squatting over a hole. And well, I mean, remember, I, forgive
6: me.
0: That's where the rocket was. So the downward force of the rocket would have excavated the ground, the soil under it. But in this case, it appears to have penetrated a layer and there's like a cavity, an empty space underneath with some geometry, like there were ruins buried under the dirt, under the the pumice, under the tephra, whatever volcanic term you want. And the act of landing using the rocket to excavate it, broke through the top. It's a wonder the poor thing didn't fall into its hole, created by its own downblast from the retro rocket. Yeah, the thing
5: that it's that the little arrow that's labeled rock is
0: pointing to uh,
5: appears to be... Well, it looks kind of like a cross between a car battery and an old-fashioned camera. It looks like a cube a rectangle.
0: with something on top. Yeah, it's... A- it's too geometric yeah, yeah. to be a rock. It's not a rock. Now, these titles, exactly. these, these titles are Chinese, right? Oh, yeah. That's I mean, all from them.
5: Yeah, and, it's, and forgive me, it still looks like the uh, lander is squatting over a latrine. Uh, maybe it's a little <laughs> red uh, loincloth that makes it worse. Okay, they're going to kill me but now.
0: Let's but let's talk I, about I'm the sorry. really interesting things. Above the oval, the white dotted oval, which is circling yeah. the hole... Into an underground cavity. I mean, this thing really could have fallen through the ceiling. Above that,
6: there's
5: a lot of stuff there. Above,
0: we don't know the friability of the surface. Above that is, of course, the classic Chinese flag, the Chinese Communist flag, right? But Mm -hmm. what I'm intrigued with is the equally interesting poster with a pale beige background and red outlines of something to the left of the flag, right above the strut of the landing leg you guys all see that
5: yes it's a
0: panda the chinese sent a poster to mars if you've seen this panda call us it's a lost panda (laughs) it's like the kids on the milk cartons
6: yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that,
5: that looks like a big beaked bird to the right of it but it's another caricature it's obviously, two but, I
0: can't see what. but the one on the left is a panda the Chinese yeah, sent yeah. a panda to Mars that obviously got so freaked out by the ruins just over the hill that it said no run south run south and they did
8: what's the uh, significance yeah. of the panda in Chinese uh, culture
0: many years ago when my parents and my grandparents were driving around the west Uh, We ran into an old, old, old joke that there used to be a Native American tribe with a very beloved um, member of the tribe who just one day wandered off. And the tribe was bereft and despondent and, you you know, in deep depression. So they began putting out signs all over the West to keep an eye out for their lost tribal member. And that's why all over the West you see this sign, Look for Falling Rock. Because his name was Falling Rocks. Hmm. Ba-dum-bum. Ba-dum-bum. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, we've got.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to be here all weekend. Thank you, yes.
0: thank you. you we'll be here all weekend. Your waiter, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. okay. We've got cool. ten minutes, give or take. <laughs> um. I I want some wonderful final thoughts for this program tonight. Cynthia, we'll start with you.
2: Or a <laughs> Uh, Well, I'm excited that we're on a journey together and our audience is on this journey with us because I think it's hard to look at these compelling photos and not come to the realization that there really is something there worth investigating, that we're not just making, this is not (laughs) paradoxia. it's not. (laughs) Nope. So join us in the discovery, folks. We need you, your eagle eyes. Super. Yes,
5: the more artists the better. Even if you're completely deluded and your your um, theories are preposterous, we need them all.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think thinking outside you, the box. I'm bon- not telling you about yours. R- r- remember, what we have a kind of a mantra around here: that which you cannot imagine, you cannot see. So you need to kind of unconstrain your imagination and forget silliness, forget peer pressure, forget people that might, you know, think you're funny or crazy or whatever. Think outside the box. When you see something interesting, let us know. Let other people know. The more groundswell from the people who pay for these missions, which is us, uh, is out there on social media, the better. I mean, I don't know how many separate YouTube sites there are now of people looking at all kinds of ruins. I mean, it's become a growth industry, a cottage industry. Um, by the way, going back to the Chinese image on the on the on the uh, screen, on the far right, mm-hmm. you see where it says "class" with two arrows. Yes, the the right hand arrow appears to be kind of over a piece of bent, curled metal, like a flat ribbon of metal which has got a couple of crimps in it. Below another piece of metal which has a straight edge, a la Kinthia's Straight edge slabs, and you can see the scale compared to the footpad of the of the uh, lander. In other words, wherever you touch down on Mars, you're going to find ruins and junk because Mars used to be the kind of place to raise your kids all over. And then it went to hell. Well, they conveniently have that word classed,
5: uh superimposed over what looks like a cluster of sculptured formed objects.
0: Yeah yeah so it uh um, to me, they can... look like flat pieces of metal that have been bent, oh, one, on... one that there's definitely like like you know we used to call it metal flashing. it was used to put together roofs so they wouldn't leak when you put shingles on a roof anyway,
4: Rogero. Yeah.
8: yeah um I think it's important to let the mind wander, so you you know there's that saying you see what you see. I see or I see, uh, one of your previous guests uh, used that. And um, the, the, the image, that the main one that uh, I drew w- was definitely um, artistically appears to be, you know, be speaking at, at us, sending us a message. And I think it's important we look into this image a little bit further to see if there's actually anything you know, worthy of a you know, future study. I'd like to see if there's any geometry on the main ground plan. Um, you know, I'll have to the stuff you've done before within this uh, this image itself. Um, yeah, but more study. I'll leave it at that.
4: <laughs> John? Well, I would like to ask everybody out there to include Elon in your, in your prayers. Because if it's true that the politicians or the cabal, the globalists are keeping China quiet and they're keeping NASA quiet. And it just puts more pressure on Elon to make this happen.
0: Well, you know, the FAA has given him real problems with the environmental uh, impact statements for the launch of the first uh, super heavy Starship. Um, and, and as I said, in a couple of weeks ago, or I guess last week, time flies when you're having fun. Um, He's bought four old oil platforms beyond the territorial limit in international waters in the Gulf. And so his ultimate uh, fallback position could be to simply abandon uh, Boca Chica, you know, build the stuff there, transport it out to the offshore platforms 12 miles away, and launch it from international waters.
4: It makes me think of that movie, Contact with Jodie Foster, where – They sabotaged one of the time machines that Uh blows up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The heavy
0: religious fanatics. Yes. In the uh, in the film. Okay. Big
8: picture. Big big picture, Richard. um, I missed the first stage. Why did the Chinese go north from this crater then? We we don't know. Right. They
0: they landed 1,300 feet just to the south, which, as I said, is five Manhattan blocks. Ron and I Mm -hmm. used to walk, you know. He he still does. I used to, you know, like in lunchtime. That distance, nothing. Mm -hmm. And 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 they advertised before they left. Go back to my items. You know, the poster, which Andrew did the sketch Mm -hmm. of showing the ruin. They clearly were saying, in their Dickinsonian fashion. When we get there, we're going to show you ruins. And they land right next to ruins. They can see them on the horizon. That's what that panorama at the bottom of my section shows. And yet they drive as fast as the little rover wheels can carry it in the exact opposite direction.
8: Because you know what? If you zoom in on the big main image, there's a lot of geometry within the surrounding rocks. And it looks quite similar to that. That feature you put on there you're, that you're talking about, the artistic creation by Andrew Curry.
0: Mm hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's That by the, the way, but the actual image that they put their little rover model in front of, or lander model, seems to be mm-hmm. an image they borrowed from curiosity. And unfortunately well, not, it seems
5: to be I can I can send it to you. I found that. It's a it's from Solid forty four and it's uh
0: Then we need right to, to put it horizon. up then we need to put it up as a 2a or a 5a or whatever the number is so people can see that the chinese gently borrowed a nasa image bragging they were going to show us ruins they get to i keep coming back to this because again it underscores kinthea and my model that what's going on down here has nothing to do with reality it's a made-up play against the backdrop of real reality which is what's going on in the solar system And how much we're going to find out, either through government, low probability, or through private enterprise, higher probability, provided we get behind the effort to make sure we know.
4: One small thing, Richard? There's no small things. Go ahead. Um, On Andrew's image here, it says 2020, the Enterprise Mission could he add an S to mission so that it's the enterprise mission?
0: Yeah, that's our website, Enterprise Missions. You have to add an S. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got three or four minutes here for someone to take the floor and solve the mystery, why the pandas? Hi, <laughs> I think they were just trying to look
5: happy and friendly. Hi. We're just here. We're just here to look around. We're happy and friendly. Don't mind those rumors that you picked up off the radio about how we want to gobble up territory every place.
2: No, no, no. We're just visiting.
5: Uh, maybe they're, I don't know.
8: Uh, and but, uh, just,
2: uh, they're, I, I... What do they symbolize? They're,
8: no, they're, what... they're very aren't they? And they're vegetarian.
0: Well, they're probably they're one very... of the most beloved creatures on uh, on earth mm-hmm. yeah they eat nothing
5: but bamboo shouts and they're uh, a specific uh species uh, or varietal at least of uh bamboo
0: and they panda. and they loan pandas to every zoo on the planet it's kind of like maybe they're, yeah. a, they're maybe they're a fifth column maybe maybe every panda is a spy and so they're, you send
3: all, all got, right. yes.
0: You you you, you got send it. pandas to Mars because they're your spies. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
6: <Yeah.
5: sighs> uh, that, that well, that didn't help either. Okay, now they're coming after you as well. Um, of course, embarrass them. Uh, they'll get angry. Now I'm intrigued by the fact that I know red is a good luck color and china but it's you know it it appears to actually be a piece of cloth you know it's like the one that uh, the flag uh obviously unrolled like a window screen you know but it looks like a traditional scroll but i'll bet it's somewhat high higher tech materials and that other one it looks like a little piece of burlap or something that somebody painted uh in a very uh Calligraphic fashion, a, uh, a panda, and another little cartoon on.
0: It. Hey guys, um, I don't know what they are. We have run out of runway. Tomorrow night oh, we're going to take terrible. big, big picture. We're going to go back decades and forward decades, and we're going to talk about the timeline. Are we even in the right timeline for the beginning decades of the 21st century? Join us tomorrow night, and you may find out. So until then, remember third star on the left, straight on till morning. Good night, everyone.